This video contains super awesome content not suitable for people who don't enjoy super awesomeness. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to Viewer's Choice. Your selection is about to begin. But first, take a look at what else you can see this week. Hey dudes, fighting you to travel through time. First stop, a long layover at the video store. Bogus. Wait, you've got viewer's choice. Excellent. Hello, you rotten little bloodsuckers. America's most popular now. Get extra value. $12.50 cash back. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. I want the truth. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager! Make life rule the day and thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. This is my ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. This is the core. Where we broadcast our pirate signal back into the matrix. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar with your host. Ernesto Morado, the double-headed coin, and your co-host, Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolt. Together, we are the Pyramid Podcast. <laughs> You know what? If if I could make an arrangement where um, I had a I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony I, I'd be fine with that. Somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. I, I'd be fine. Oh, with that. Biden. 
you know what? If if I could make an arrangement where um, I had a I had a, a stand in a front man deliver the lines, front woman, and, and they had an earpiece. Deliver in, the lines. I was lines. just in my basement in my sweats. Deliver the lines. Through the stuff and then I could the line. sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was. Uh, doing all the talking. Well, why so, did he? <laughs> because they say that the the puppeteer behind uh, Biden is Obama. You know what? If if I could make an arrangement where <laughs> oh, Biden, I had a I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman and, and oh, Biden. earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats, mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony I, I'd be fine with that oh <laughs> Biden no. oh Biden no. uh, doing all the talking and ceremony <laughs> oh Biden, Biden. <laughs> deliver the lines but because they say that the, the puppeteer the behind uh, Biden is Obama. Deliver the lines. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, hello. <laughs> I am Ernesto Morado. And I am Pablo Morado. How's everyone doing today? Oh, Biden. <laughs> oh, man. How is everyone well, we, we've entered spring. Yes, we've entered spring. Yes, the weather seems to be breaking. I already did a little cleanup in the backyard, getting the backyard ready for spring barbecues. It's about time. Mm. Not yeah. that we had a hard winter, but it's just the label of winter that I hate. <laughs> yeah, so. At this time of the year anyway, because I kind of, I really like winter. When it's supposed to be winter. Mm. I like it during the months of like November, December. But after January, I am so ready for spring. Mm. Yes. And I'm actually ready for for spring as well. Spring and summer, you know, something to look forward to being outside again and absolutely you know, soaking up the sun and stop thinking about World War Three. <laughs> Um, so today's episode 40, can you believe it? I cannot believe it. We actually did the cipher. The cipher, yep. We, we closed the circle. Now we begin on, on our can second Can you believe journey. that our first, our first podcast, our first ever episode, we were on a Zoom call. It was supposed to be a, a test, a test trial. Right. I just, you know, recorded it anyway. And I put was it in up. my sunroom. That's right. From my phone. And now look, now we have supplements. We got the Paramin vitamins, which has the brain boost and the optimal. And then you have the other wonderful vitamins like you, the Fortify. You have Thrive. And Leo, Thrive is your Shaga Mushrooms. Leo is your Lion's Mane's Mushroom. And Fortify is your Vitamin K2 and D3. And I'm about to take my Fortify um, and my Brain Boost. I love the Brain Boost. <laughs> it keeps me sharp, especially when I'm on the road. Mm. So for people that are that are viewing us on TikTok... 
I recommend you go to theparamid.com and you can see us live and you can see what Ernesto and Pablo Morado are giggling about <laughs> as they look at the screen. Because if you're looking at me through just regular TikTok, you cannot see all the bells and whistles. That's right. So, yes, my favorite is the Brain Boost. What mushrooms does this have? Well, if you pa- uh, um, pass me the bottle, I can read them all out to you. But it has Shaga, Lion's Mane, Turkey Tail, um, White Button Mushroom, um, so many. Uh, let me see here. Here's your Optimal. Okay. I'll read them off to you right here. So you got your Mitaki, your Shitaki. Your lion's mane, your reishi mushroom, your cordyceps, your shaga mushroom, turkey tail, white button mushroom, uh, black fungus, and royal sun mushroom. All those in one tasty little gummy. And I, I really like the flavor of the brain boost. And you know what? I've been uh, handing them out to people to get people to try the brain boost. I got nothing but positive reviews. So, oh, that's fantastic. Try it for yourself, folks. And you know what the odd effect that people have been telling me? I haven't told anybody like what effect they should have mm-hmm. other than the bottle says brain boost. Um, and it does, uh, and it does help promote, um, healthy cell, uh, cell function, especially your, your, your neural cells. Um, but, I give people, you know, the, I'm like, here, try this, uh, the supplements. And the, the odd effect that people have been telling me that they have been receiving is they've been happy. They're like, I don't know if it's the pills or not, but I've been kind of happy today. Oddly happy is the side effect. So try it for yourself, folks, and let me know. If there's a side effect, that I can vibe with, <laughs> it's happiness. <laughs> you don't even need a disclaimer for that one. And the, the intention is not really to, to, I mean, it's mainly to help provide cellular function. The only so one that will not like that side effect. Or the, grump, or the Oscars of the world. Uh, Lucy will not like that. Mm. You know, he doesn't like to be called that. I know I do it on purpose. <laughs> what was that? You f- <laughs> um, so today I want to start the cast, uh, start the cast with something light, um, with a ask Ernesto. Okay. Now, like the, the way this is, it's like, uh, what you call it? Uh, a little. Shall we play a game? Oh, it's a game. <laughs> it's a little game here. Now, I want you to tell me exactly what the hell is going on here. Okay. Okay. Let's um, let, let's start it off. <laughs> Launch right. that bad boy. All right. Uh, you might want to read this out to the to the audience. <laughs> okay, let, let's. This is a hands-free solution to sperm collection. Oh my god! 
<laughs> go ahead. For men who too who okay. For men who are too embarrassed to masturbate in hospital. <laughs> that looks too industrial, like what are you just gonna walk in and just insert? Can you please read that to, to your audience? This sperm extractor promises a more efficient process. <laughs> With an LCD monitor to provide visual stimulation, the patients can change the speed or pressure to... Oh, hold on, go back. Speed or pressure to match their pace. <laughs> Of course, this guy. This is in China. It's able to by a huge. Uh, it's able to by a huge extent provide comprehensive coverage and pressure. <laughs> the new machine minimizes waste and prevents contamination. This this machine has been on sale since 2005. Whoa. And has been rising demand in Chinese cities. This says, uh, nowadays, the amount of sperm men carry has dramatically decreased. Hospitals mostly use masturbation as a method of collection, but they don't provide a venue or venue or any equipment for the task. This makes collection sperm on the spot very difficult. Under such circumstances, in order to meet... Oh, this is really fast. It says, under such circumstances, in order to meet clinical demands... We invented this automatic sperm extractor equipment, which is also user-friendly. You want to read that one? The machine went viral online recently. A uh, patient says, I'm so glad I wasn't the only. Uh, <laughs> this is a viewer or a patient of the machine. No, this is a uh, somebody, a viewer mm. online. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who had that thought. This is gross. How do they sanitize those things? And what man would stand there next to another man to do this that i found strange <laughs> so what's your analysis why would china need this okay that it's funny that you bring that up <laughs> china um china and japan mm. um are experiencing more china than japan actually are experiencing a very strange effect. Hmm. Um, especially China, because they 
for a while due to the explosion of their population right they they passed a law where they was only supposed to have one child right am i correct mm-hmm. on that the one child policy the one child policy right so over the years that this was implemented mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that the chinese culture is kind of geared to have males. I mean, they want males right, right, right. as part of to their... pass on their legacy. And for labor. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And now that we enter this new millennium, uh, we, through technology... Mm-hmm. Men in China have lost, which is kind of incredible to say, but they have lost the urge to copulate. Wow. So China right now is having a problem. I can't even believe that that's possible. Yeah. See if you can get um, some information. And the reason now that they're turning to the sperm banks is because of this problem. Men don't want to go out. Men don't want to date. They'd rather be in front of their computers and take, if if that need comes, they'd rather take care of it themselves by way of, uh, you know, through their computer, for lack of a better wow. word. Uh to copulate, let's see. Huh. What's with the face? Because it, it says here, not in the mood. Chinese study reveals why male orgasm causes mice to lose sex drive for days. <laughs> That's not what we were looking for. It's not, but it, it, it kind of... Um... <laughs> It, 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 it provided the word it's that a, I was looking for. It's men are struggling with their sex drive. It says scientists say ejaculation triggers certain neurons in rodents, making them lose interest in mating. But suppressing this process brings back libido. Their experiments could help researchers understand the brain uh, science behind other changes in social behavior and emotions. Hmm. It says a new study explains why male orgasm causes mice of both sexes to lose interest in mating for days, potentially shedding light on brain science behind other puzzling animal behaviors, according to researchers in China. Hmm. That was not what we were looking for, but that was an interesting... uh, Well, I have a report here. I hear like uh, sex, intimacy, and desire of uh, men uh, of Chinese heritage and women of non-Asian heritage in Toronto. Nope, this is not what we're looking for. I have here decreased sexual desire among middle-aged and old women in China and factors influencing it. Hmm. This survey was designed and conducted with an aim to present data on sexual desire and activity in Chinese women. 
between October 2013 and December 2013, we surveyed 3,000 women aged 40 to 65 at Beijing Number 2 Hospital and the Yuatan Community Health Service Center using a questionnaire. The primary outcomes include determination of sexual desire in the past four weeks, reasons for stopping sexual activity, and postmenopausal syndrome. The secondary outcome was determination of factors of low sex desire. Results, a total of 2,400 women, uh, let's see, 2,400 mean age, 54 point, whatever all that means, returned the questionnaire with 58% of women reporting lowered sexual desire and 39.3 reporting stoppage of sexual activity. Hmm. So this is based on uh, women, but from what I heard... I was looking around, I mean, you know... It's it's crazy because I'm looking around on the all seeing eye of Google and you know, Google definitely um definitely curates the internet to a certain degree because I I know that there's articles about Chinese men losing their libido, um and of what you're saying, you know, that they're they're not having their desire that the desire to copulate is going down. Right. Um, and and maybe the mistake that we're doing is that we're saying China because it might have been just Asia. No, it might have been the report I heard mm. was coming out of Japan. Oh, okay. So and I think the way to look for it is men, Japanese men. Prefer, okay. Here, five reasons why Japanese people aren't having sex. Ah, you see, so I was right. It is Japanese. Okay, so it says here, uh, sexual desire and sexual activity have been declining in Japan for years, and this is a major cause of Japan's significant. Oh, I, I realize that uh, those that are watching cannot read along, so let me make this a little bit bigger here. Okay, so sexual desire and sexual activity have been declining in Japan for years. How do they measure this? <laughs> do they well, go in your bedroom and like, are you having sex? Well, the, I believe that the way they the way they're measuring this is by birth rate. Birth rate, mm. and Japan has a problem with birth rate. It says, and this is a major cause of Japan's significant decrease in their birth rate. There we go. Bing, bing. Uh, because Japan has one of the lowest birth rates in the world, and its population is on course to shrink dramatically by the middle of the century. Every five years, the government carries out a detailed survey of attitudes to sex and marriage. The Japanese Family Planning Association reported 45% of young Japanese women and over 25% of men were not interested in or despised sexual contact. Here are five possible reasons why. Okay, before you say the possible reasons, mm -hmm. let's see how my mind is working. Because I heard some report on the, you know, because, again, I'm a legacy radio uh, listener. Mm -hmm. 
and I was listening to a report on NPR, and one of the main things NPR um, stated for the lack of interest in sex in Japan, it's that they'd rather be in front of their computers. Mm. So let's see if that comes up. Okay, let's see. So it says, the first thing is they work in Japan. Uh, people in Japan and Tokyo in particular work ridiculous amounts. Um, for most people, it comes down to two choices. Work like Matt as a single person and have a tiny apartment full of dirty clothes like a half-eaten cup of ramen containers. Or get married. That way, the man goes off to work and when he comes home after midnight, his dinner sitting on the table covered in sar- uh, saran wrap. Saran wrap. They sp- <laughs> That's how you spell saran wrap? I don't know. <laughs> and there's uh, hot water in the tub. His wife and daughter are already fast asleep. Okay, yeah. but stop right there. Uh, what a life. Japanese. Yeah. What happened to coming home at five in the or I, I will presume a lot of people get out of work around five. So you get home around six thirty. Yeah. These guys are getting home after midnight. Yeah. I mean And then after midnight they come home, they have a lousy dinner. <laughs> Cause that's what they said. Like what, a little cup of ramen is what they said? This is here. Uh it says, work like Matt as a single person and have a tiny uh, apartment full of dirty clothes and a half-eaten cup of ramen containers or get married. And if you're married, that way the man goes off to work and when he comes home after midnight, his dinner is sitting on the table covered in saran wrap and there's hot water in the tub. His wife and daughter are already, already fast, fast asleep. asleep. Wow. This is where we're headed. It says the young Japanese people of today grew up watching their parents live this life, and it's understandable that they are not thrilled about this option. Marriage isn't a great choice. It's just the second worst option. Oh, I, you know what? On the report I heard, this did come up. Mm. It's like they want to... They want to stop the, how do I say it? Like, they want to be the last ones. They want to stop the the chain. They want to cut the chain. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be the way their parents, their grandparents, right, right, their right. great-great-grandparents. Exactly. So they're like, I don't want a kid. Right. I don't want that life. Right. I don't want to come home. And deal with and and deal with the shit that you guys went through, right? Trying to working crazy hours, trying to provide and get for home all of at us. twelve and then eat and then, which is why, isn't it in Japan that they have these protests that people just stop going to work? Uh, no, that was in uh, China actually. Oh, in China, yeah, yeah. So look, we having a problem, you know. In Asia, because in Japan these, they um they shot that guy um that that big politician, the Abe guy. 
Okay, I remember hearing something. Yeah, um, he he was a big politician. He was um gearing up to I guess run again, and some guy with a makeshift gun. You know, he built it out of his garage and found the way to fire it and shot him dead. And and was this guy like? Was it was he running on on being a slave driver or something? Whether that's all that you got to do is go to work and. and come I on. mean, I think that that could be. He was a politician, so it could be. Uh, let me see. Um, assassination. By the way, not to plug our coffee, but. This fungi coffee, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Whoa, this is like every time I drink it, and could I'm, you? And I'm surprised it, how good it is. Could you imagine? It was just 40 episodes that coffee was just a thought. It was not even uh, possible, and or it wasn't even in like a. We were like, how the heck are we gonna make coffee? What? Can can you tell oh, the audience oh. the name of this segment that we're doing? This is the Ask Ernesto segment. Brought to you by Fungi <laughs> Coffee. Not Shall o- we play a game? <laughs> Not only does it give you the buzz of caffeine, but it gives you the added um the added benefit of Shaga. And lion's mane mushrooms. mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, so this is brought to you by Fungi Coffee, and I'm drinking it right now. And let me tell you, um, I don't promote smoking, but I, I'll tell you, this coffee with a cigar, my God, life just gets <laughs> better and better. And with that said, let me uh, pull this up here. So, yeah, we were on the Japan business. So this is interesting. So just a report from CBS News. We're getting a little uh, uh, flag here that this is identified as inappropriate or offensive. So let's see here. Warning, viewer discretion. Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. I'm Jerika Duncan in for Nora. Tonight, the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe shocked not just Japan, but the world. Flags we're were we're, we're missing the video on the, United on the States feed. To honor that country's longest-serving prime minister. Abe met with four of the last U.S. presidents, including Joe Biden, when he was vice president. Graphic video of the attack shows oh, the oh, final hold on. Let's go back. of Abe's life as he was gunned. Who is he? He's hanging out with, look at this, Bush, Obama, Trump. Biden and Biden. Wow. <laughs> so this guy was deep in the game. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of the last U.S. presidents, including Joe Biden, when he was vice president. Graphic video of the attack shows the final moments of Abe's life as he was gunned down while delivering a campaign speech. Now, what makes this shooting so stunning, Japan has some of the strictest gun control laws in the world. The suspect was quickly apprehended. Police say he used a homemade gun. They confiscated similar weapons along with his personal computer when they raided his apartment. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer is in Tokyo, where it is now Saturday morning there. Elizabeth. 
Shinzo Abe was truly a giant of Japan's political landscape for more than 15 years, and his death is a national trauma. Shinzo Abe was giving a political speech to a small crowd when a shot rang out behind him. Then another. Oh. And he fell to the ground. His security tackled the gunman immediately, but it was too late. The former prime minister lay in the road with fatal wounds to his neck and chest. Shielded by a blue tarp, he was medevac to a local hospital where doctors tried to resuscitate him with blood transfusions, but in vain. The suspected gunman is 41-year-old Tetsuya Yamagami, an ex-military man whose weapon appeared to have been made of pipes and duct tape. Police searching his home found even more homemade guns along with explosives. This is a huge shock in Japan, where strict gun control laws mean shooting deaths are extremely rare. So it just, just goes to show you, no matter how strict you are with the gun, there's, always, there's a will, <laughs> there's a way. When there's a will, there's definitely a wow. way. So, yeah. Now, did How you, do we get onto this? Oh, because we were discussing the 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 sexual desire, right? Uh, uh, so and the work, how, the reasons, right? How right. you're working, how Japanese people are working themselves to death, right? Right. Which, so, which I mean, think about it. You you wake up at six in the morning, you get home at twelve to have a lousy dinner and an apartment full of your dirty clothes. If right. you're not married, right? If you're not married. And if you're married, you get a cold dinner. A cold dinner wrapped in saran wrap, and your and your <laughs> wife and kids already sleeping. Already sleeping. So, so where's the desire? I mean, supposedly they're happy. Where's the <laughs> desire? Not only for sex, but to live. Mm-hmm. Like you think about it. I gotta get up and go to work. Then you go to work. Then you go. Come home after and, midnight. And if you do a mistake, it's not a, oh, you messed up at work. You shame the whole family. Why? I got you this position in this high, you know, company. I, I've heard, like, the shame is so great that the in modern times, they they do what they call uh, sipiku. Sipiku? What is that? When they do this? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the American seppuku. In in Japan, seppuku is you take a a, a katana uh-huh. and you insert it in your stomach. Oh my god! And you make an L up and sideways. What? That's seppuku. Look it up, seppuku. We're learning with our. <laughs> so let's see, seppuku. I think in English we had a they call it Harry Carey or something like that. Oh, Harry Carey. But in ja- in, ja- in Japan it's called seppuku. That's when you like have shamed, like in. Oh, a- there you go. Yeah, yeah. That says here, seppuku, also known as. Uh- or it's also called Harry Harakiri, also spelled Harakiri, the honorable method of taking one's own 
life practiced by men of the samurai military class in feudal, in feudal Japan. Japan. So mm. it's supposed to go in. I think I think is in and to the side mm. to disembowel yourself. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and this is what's happening. You shame. Oh my God! If you if you f up. Mm-hmm. Where you work and you shame your family. I mean, for people that Game of Thrones fans like I am, I don't know if you saw that part when, when they were like, shame, 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 <laughs> shame. No. Oh, man. You go to Google. Okay. Hold on. Let's see. For Game of Thrones, shame. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. How can you have the desire to make love or have sex when all you're doing is working all day long? Solemn heart, shorn of secrets, naked before the eyes of gods and men, to make her walk of atonement. Watch this. Ah, <laughs> what a jib! Let's see. Damn, they, you didn't see the walk oh, of shame. Let's see. Shame, 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 shame. You listen to the bell. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame. That's what they should do to Fauci. Shame. You parade Fauci, Biden. Yeah, with no clothes. Fauci, Biden, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, all of them. Shame. Clean. Shame. Shame. Naked. Shame. Clean. <laughs> oh man! So I got a, a, another ask Ernesto for okay, you. Okay, but, but you know, uh, let's finish the report because there oh, was yeah, like five right. reasons. Five reasons. Yeah. So we found out one is work, right? What was right? Oh, and uh, um, before uh, we, I wanted to also mention: Have you heard of Kurukushi? Because you told me about the the was it the uh, Sepiku Sepiku. Uh, have you heard of Kurukushi? Kurukushi? No, I haven't heard of so, that. So this thing, uh, uh, the the captain of the Logos. Um, oh, Kurukushi. Yeah, Kurukushi. Uh, it refers to lonely death uh, as a Japanese phenomenon of people dying alone and remaining undiscovered for a long period of time. The phenomenon was first described in the 1980s. Kurokushi has become an increasing problem in Japan, attributed to the economic troubles and Japan's increasingly elderly population. It is also known as Gorisushi or isolation death or Dokuyoshi, live alone death. It says here... Uh, Kurukushi was first documented in Japanese newspapers during the 1970s 
and studies exploring the phenomenon began as early as 1973 with surveys conducted by the National Social Welfare Council and the National Union of Voluntary District Welfare Commissioners. The first instance that became national news in Japan was in 2000 when the corpse of a 69-year-old man was discovered three years after his death. Wow. Wow. His monthly rent and utilities had been withdrawn automatically from his bank account, and only after his savings were depleted was his skeleton discovered at his home. Of course. The body had had been consumed by maggots and beetles. Oh, my rent is not coming in. Let me see this poor (laughs) schlep. Where's my money coming from? Wow. So, and then they leave like a, it's a stain. They leave like a, a, a stain that is, that is irre, uh, irremovable from like, uh, like they leave like, you see this? They leave like a stain of where they died. They, like where they, where they fell down oh, and died. That's horrible. And then it, it can't that's be removed. That's sad. Yeah, it's like soaked into like if it was wood, it would be soaked into the wood. You would have to replace the whole floor. Wow, that's almost like the like that uh what is it called? The cloak of terrain? The cloak of terrain? Yeah, where um it's this uh this the the sheet that covered Christ. Oh, yes, yes. It's yes. almost like that, right? Like yeah, they leave yeah. that Mm-hmm, exactly. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, here's the cloak of Turin for those uh, that are watching us live. Yeah, wow. So yeah, so that's Japan. That's how a, it is in Japan. Japan has a strange well I, relationship with death. You know, well, I I have so they have that park also where yeah, where there's a suicide. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got bond by two. Fat man and little boy. They got bombed by two uh, atomic bombs. I mean, that's that right there. You can see no one had uh, long-term studies of the effects of human beings of, of radiation of that magnitude. Well, there you go. Changes your DNA. <laughs> so let's finish out this, uh, this five things here. So it says here, the first one was the work in Japan. The second one is prostitution in Japan. For Japanese male, it is possible to get sex almost anywhere at any time for little more than the price of a decent lunch. Oh, my God. Anyone who's been to Japan, even for a short while, has seen the rows of shops offering all the unusual. Remember the story that uh, Mr. Frankie had told us? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He goes into he, the first time in, his, in Japan, and his buddy is showing him around. And he's like... Looking at the shop, and he's like, he's talking to his buddy. He's like, dude, what is with these shops with girls with bo- uh, girls' panties and, and bottles? What is that like a, a packaging thing, like a marketing thing, so that women can buy higher price, you know, panties? He's like, no, dude, you want to go try? You want to go see what it is? He takes him into the shop. He he's like, uh, I would like to buy a couple of panties. The guy's like, dude, what are you doing? I don't want, I don't want panties. <laughs> so, so he goes, no, 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 trust me, you're gonna want to see this. So the guy behind the counter, he goes, you want one of these off the shelf or do you want one fresh? The guy thought about it for a second. And he's like, I'll wait, hold on, I'll get one fresh. 
Now, our friend Frankie is like, fresh. <laughs> what the hell am I going to see now? What, what's going on? Don't tell me. So then. A I little... forgot this story. Oh, man. So then he says he uh, uh, a, a, a girl that looks like she's in the school uniform, some kind of school uniform, comes into the, the shop. She goes right to the back. They have some kind of discussion or whatever, and then she leaves, and the guy comes out with the bottle, and he goes, here you go. And then he pays, whatever, and he goes, yes. And then our friend is like, okay, now what? What is it that, what's the big deal? What is it that you paid for? So he opens up the the glass bottle, he takes, uncorks it, and he goes... And the panties are inside that bottle. Inside the bottle. And the bottle somehow, somehow preserves the smell, the stench. <laughs> what a sick bastard. So that's how it is in Japan. And he had no idea. Like, they, it was just out in the open. Like, it wasn't anything secretive. Like, you know how, like, uh, they have adults, uh, adult toys stores out here, right? But that's like in like the parts of town that nobody really wants to go to. And you know, you have to kind of like be shifty to go in those play. But in that, in that culture, they just, eh, this is what we do. <laughs> well, in my culture, in my culture, uh-huh. they find out you're a Welepanti. <laughs> this is what we call them. Welepantis. <laughs> and you're labeled a Welepanti. Uh huh. Then you do sip a coup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because that, that makes you a sick puppy. Yeah, you're a sick puppy. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah, so, so prostitution is prostitution. the second. Let's see if technology is in there. All right, so we got prostitution, um, Japan social relations, the society functions with robot-like efficiency, because bosses tell employees what to do, as do parents or teachers, and one does it. There is a hierarchy. The ramen shop attendant doesn't say, hey, boss, how about if instead of two pieces of pork in the noodles, why we try three? That is not how things work in Japan. One does not challenge instructions or offer up original ideas. Wow, and, I didn't know that. And Japanese Definitely do not initiate conversations with strangers. The reality is people don't have a lot of contact with each other. Uh, for Japanese, it's insanely difficult to establish friendships and connections, which is in no doubt why many hosts and hostesses bar bars exist. So people can get so people can at least pay someone to talk to them. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And then it goes on to see for too troublesome or I can't be bothered attitude towards sex and marriage by young Japanese. And five, a polluted, uh, what am I saying? A polluted. <laughs> well, I earned, I earned my first one. <laughs> A polluted global biosphere. Biosphere problems with estrogen may have 
a strong negative impact on sexual desire, though such environmental concerns are still only whispered. So oh, so technology's not in there. Huh. But maybe you could rope in technology. Let me see. It was uh, first you had work. Too troublesome. It says these words are used by both sexes. Most often when they talk about their relationship phobia, romantic commitment seems to be seems to represent a burden and drudgery from the exorbitant cost of buying property in Japan to uncertain expectations of a spouse and and in-laws. A woman's chances of promotion in Japan stop dead as soon as she marries. Wow. The bosses assume you will get pregnant. You will have to resign. Oh, I see the problem. You will end up being a housewife with no independent income. It is not an option for women like me, said a Japanese woman age 32 in the Human Resources Department of a French-owned bank. A fluent French speaker with two university degrees, she avoids romantic attachments so she can focus on work. Huh. Wow. So mostly work. Work is, seems to be the main the thing. The main problem is that they're too busy working. How so crazy these people live to work. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Their and whole existence is their job. Their job. Because that, that prov- for the women, it provides a little bit more freedom than being stuck inside the house and not being have, have any income of your own and not being able to do anything about, you know, what you do when you're, per- like, you're stuck. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's just... Yeah, what a hard life, it my is. lord! And supposedly, they, they, I've heard many articles saying Japan has. Let me see, uh, Japan are the happiest people. No, I disagree with that. Okay, so uh, oh, okay, no, I guess not. The happiest people are they come from a place called Bhutan. Bhutan. Yeah, I'll oh. Google it. Okay, so let's see. Yeah, they ranked number 54. <laughs> what, so what's number one? Let's, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> Finland. Finland. For the sixth year in a row, Finland is the world's happiest country, according to the World Happiness Report. All right, so, so read me the top ten. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Finland. Denmark, Iceland, Israel, Netherlands, Israel, okay, Netherlands, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland. Wow. They're all in Europe. (laughs) Wait, so I've been getting conflicting information because I heard the number one place where people are the happiest is, I, I don't know if it's Bhutan or Burma. Bhutan is an uh, officially kingdom of Bhutan is a landlocked country in South Asia. It is situated in the eastern Himalayas between China and North India. Hmm. Bhutan. Never heard of Bhutan before. Yeah, actually, they just uh, recently opened to the rest of the world. Hmm. Uh, I had a good um, employee when I was managing 7-Elevens. 
Okay. That came from Bhutan. Ah. And, well, so and yeah. He, and he told me that it was like the happiest, considered the happiest place on earth. Mm. But just to dot my, Bhutan is the happiest country in the world. According to the GNH, in order to replace gross domestic product, Bhutan develops gross national happiness score, which indicates country levels of happiness. Bhutan really, and this is from optimal, optimal, optimal happiness. Bhutan really is the happiest country in the world. So, yes. And then here from CNN, meet the country that passes no law unless it improves. NPR, the birth of gross national happiness. Why, Hmm. Why is Bhutan the happiest country in the world? Yeah, it's just your... uh... What makes Bhutan so happy? According to the World Happiness Report, I didn't even know that existed. Uh, 2019, Bhutan built its economy around the principles of happiness and well-being, not economic factors. Such as it was done virtually, uh, uh, it was done by virtually every other country in the world. By doing so, Bhutan developed in a completely different fashion, not looking great economically speaking, but still ranking high in terms of what really matters for people, which is their sense of happiness. Ultimately, this investment into the national well-being paid off, making Bhutan the world's leading voice on the topic of policy around the around the topic of happiness, gradually replacing money-centered GDP-based views on the economy. So the reason I know that is I had an employee. Mm-hmm. I used to call him Guy Smiley because he was always smiling. And there were times when he was running the register and they would ask for a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. And being that we're human, mm-hmm. see, people don't realize this. People who go to 7-Elevens or to any convenience store and you buy a a lottery ticket, Mm -hmm. well, guess what? We are human. We make mistakes. Right. So, God forgive, if you're working in a 7-Eleven and you make a mistake and they tell you, let me get uh, number 2252, and you by accident put 2242, the world is over. <laughs> so one time I hear this man yelling mm. at the top of his lungs to my 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 employee, mm-hmm. which I used to call him Guy Smiley. Right. And the guy is like tearing him a new hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Smiley's like. <laughs> okay. And when every time he would do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would incite the man to get even angrier. Of course, because that's what they want. They want to see you get 
angry with them. Right. But see, he was smiling. He was he was like, I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of hard to do. Right. Like, right now, practice it. Say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> that takes effort, right? Right, yeah. You'd be like, yo, bitch, I'm sorry. Like, right. <laughs> that comes natural to me. <laughs> what? Yo, dude, I messed up. See how easily that Right, right. But I'm sorry. It, I, it's my mistake. <laughs> ah, yes. And then you asked him. <laughs> so I asked him, like, dude, how do you remain so calm and smiling? Mm-hmm. And he told me I'm from Bhutan. And he was the one that told me about this gross national happiness thing. Mm. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, we really promote happiness. Wow. And I was like, wow. And he was telling me that he was. Happy Asians. That's because we know that. that, Okay, so the Japanese aren't too happy. The Chinese can't be that happy. The North Koreans aren't happy. But. I guess Bhutan, no matter what your economic uh, status, Mm -hmm. they're they conform. Mm -hmm. They're they're happy. That's good. And they really and then he was, you know, being that they opened up and this was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. They they finally the government has finally opened up um, Bhutan Mm -hmm. for tourism. Okay. He wanted, he was going to embark on a little business in giving American tourists and tourists around the world tours of Bhutan. Because he mm. tells me Bhutan is beautiful. Mm. Really beautiful. Well, there. For there. those that were looking for a place to go travel, maybe look into Bhutan. They have elephants, like you ride mm. elephants. It's like really. That's cool. Yeah, it's a cool place. Like a Thailand kind of a thing. Yeah. Huh. Exactly. We're happy people. We're happy people. <laughs> so I have another uh, Ask Ernesto. Okay. Um, so uh, this one's going to be, I, w- I would like for you to tell me, stop me when you know who's speaking, or what this is from. All right? So, okay. Shall we play a game? Yes, let's play. <laughs> okay. So let's see. I don't know what Danielle all of a sudden wants. I swear to fucking God. Her fucking, I know what she wants. What does she want? She wants money. Yeah. Why did all you guys, why did you guys have like a falling out? Then anyone could ever have done for her. Anything? No. Okay. Uh, uh, stop me when you can. Th- when you have any idea of who or what, just let me know if you have any inkling of who might be speaking. You know where this might be from, or any, any inkling whatsoever. Okay. Okay. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Of course. You don't even give a shit about that. But literally, but you give a shit about what she re- perceives of it, and it's hurtful. I, mean, I don't know. 
Okay, so, like I said before, I'm recording you. Who you are? I am. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. It's okay, I'll be the only one that has it. This is a movie? If you could say... This isn't a movie. Okay, so you got... You get uh, uh, three questions. <laughs> so you you burned your first one. No, okay. this isn't a movie. But this, uh, if you ask another question, I'll see. You, I'll give you another clue. Okay. Hey, if you could say something to everyone. So this is a show. I mean, unbelievable. It's not a show. Damn, I burned my second one. <laughs> People getting mad at me for not returning their calls or their texts. I have Robin, a homeless person who calls me three times a day with a life-threatening situation if she's not receiving money. I have Daniela, who, when she calls, it's always for something but in a very roundabout way that includes many things like, please, I need a place to stay and a job and an apartment and a plane ticket and and rent and, uh, and travel money for my boyfriend who's a felon who needs to get into rehab and uh, an abortion. And, I mean, it's always life-threatening shit. I get a call from Liz who literally won't return my calls unless she needs something and she's the only person that I get to talk to. Is this the something that should know what it is? <laughs> well, no, uh, not necessarily. I mean, I have no idea what this you have, is. You have no idea. Zip. Zip. Okay. Well, I'm going to let it play. Okay. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully the audio gives you enough clues. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to let it play here and just stop me when you go, aha, I know where the, I know. I know who who might be talking. I know where this might be from. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got me hooked. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Natalie, who wants me to buy her mother a $7,500 Mother's Day gift. And how do I say no? And Hallie is the one who told Natalie that that's what she wants for Mother's Day. I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the fucking spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth so 
This is, what the hell? Yes. So <laughs> I knew eventually you'll get it. <laughs> so this is actual audio from Hunter Biden's laptop. What a crybaby. <laughs> this guy was born with like a silver spoon in his mouth. And he's bitching like a bitch. Oh, my God. But uh, he reveals some interesting things here. So uh, you mind if I continue playing? Yeah, go ahead. Is missing. Who was my partner? But pause it, pause it. He has the same, the same nasal talk like his father. Yeah, he does. And the, and the cadence. This yeah. is very... <laughs> but did you hear what he was saying? That he can't, he, 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 every day he has people begging him for money. That yeah, is a life, yeah, yeah. life-threatening thing. Oh, if you don't give me money, my whole world is going to burn. I'm I a- believe that, by the way. <laughs> when you get to a certain echelon mm-hmm. of wealth, your life becomes, I mean, there's a movie which uh, it's going to like, a, um, I'm going to tell you my age if I tell you the name of the movie. <laughs> but the name of the movie is called The Jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember saw The, the Jerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when he has, like, a line of people mm-hmm. just begging him for money? You're right, right. And begging, begging him for, for money. money. Yep. Once they find, trust me, <laughs> once they find out that you got dough. Right. I heard a... a, a a, a very astonishing thing from a on, a on a program. This guy won the lottery. I think it was for a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. The minute that they announced, because to me this is stupid, but it's law in certain states. Mm-hmm. You must disclose who the winner is. Okay, you cannot win with anima- anonymity. Oh. And then that that defeats sort of the purpose. They have to announce who wow. it is. He said the minute they announced his name, his phone started ringing, and it never stopped. Wow! For months. Wow! To the point that he just deleted his number mm-hmm. and got another one, and hoping that nobody would find out that number because mm-hmm. if not. It will start all over again. again. Wow. So he he says something here. I think it's kind of interesting. Let's see. And he's complaining about his dad, too, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. So, uh. So, like I said before, I'm recording you. You are? I am. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I'll be the only one that has it. It's funny the, the music that's playing in the background. But you know, like you know, is that music from coming from them? Yeah. Oh my god. So so this woman Pathetic. goes. This woman goes. I'm recording you. Why? <laughs> I mean, nobody knows. But and now he's like, now he knows he's being recorded. Right. 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 So then he goes. If you could say if you could say something to everyone. Who's everyone? You know, this this whole audio, <laughs> because, to me, I could just, 
I really thought it was like some kind of movie. <laughs> it seems like there's direction right, there. Right. There's a little tune playing, like a soundtrack. Right. And this is off the cuff, right? This is off the cuff, apparently. Fast. This was something this was a uh, something that was stored on Hunter Biden's laptop. Wow. So let me let uh, let's uh, hear this some, a little bit more. I mean, really, for real, I simply would appreciate for people not to dismiss the magnitude of when I say I need some space, because it's very fucking rare that I ask for any fucking space or anything. You know, he sounds like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> I know my coffee's good because when I buy stuff, I know what I, I buy the good stuff. My wife buys shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. What flavor is this? Knock it off, Julie. What? I don't need you to tell me how fucking good my coffee is, okay? I'm the one who buys it. I know how good it is. When Bonnie goes shopping, she buys shit. I buy the gourmet expensive stuff because when I drink it, I want to taste it. <laughs> he does sound like Quentin. It's unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. People getting mad at me for not returning their calls or their texts. I had Robin. A homeless person who calls me three times a day with a life-threatening situation if she's not receiving money. <laughs> I have Daniela, who, when she calls, it's always for something, but in a very roundabout way that includes many things like, please, I need a place to stay, and a job, and an apartment, and a plane ticket, and, <laughs> and rent, and, uh, and travel money for my boyfriend, who's a felon, who needs to get into rehab, and... Uh, an abortion, and I mean, it's always life-threatening shit. I get a call from Liz, who literally won't return my calls unless she needs something, and she's the only person that I get to talk to. She's the only connection to the rest of my world. I get calls from Yo, Natalie, this is compelling shit, right? Like, I could listen power. to this, like, on my free time. I could listen to this shit. But he says some interesting, so now he knows he's being recorded here. And he, she says this he's, is for... He's being harassed by a homeless guy uh-huh. that, you know, give him money. Then who, whoever Daniela is, right? she's asking for plane tickets. Yeah. And, who are these people? How do you get to bribe uh, the president's son? Wow. I mean, but what he says here is like... Mother's Day gift. And how do I say no? And Hallie is the one who told Natalie that that's what she wants for Mother's Day. I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the Literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the fucking spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, 
the spy chief wow. of China. It was his partner who he started a company. And look how much he's worth. Yeah, I mean. Found it. It is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be, build the fucking largest fucking LNG port in the world. And I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York, from the U.S. Attorney himself, my best friend in business, Devin, has named... He said the Southern District of New York, right? Yeah. And isn't that where Mr. Trump is being indicted from? Yes. So... What is that connection? Um, Something's going on. Me as a witness without telling me. In a criminal case. And my father without telling me. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. I want to continue listening. This is compelling stuff, folks. Uh huh. And I just want to put a face can you get the picture of Joe Biden uh, of his son? <laughs> yeah, sure. While you're playing that, we see <laughs> his face. Sure. Let's see. Because this is theater of the mind. <laughs> I could write a script off of this shit. So, it's yeah, like a Broadway play. I sleuthed this because this is not available anywhere. And uh, I'm not sure how banned we're going to be, but. We're already the most banned podcast on, on the internet, so um, so let's see. This is compelling. Yeah, so I would listen to this on my on my free time. <laughs> so let's see. This got a good image of Mister uh, Hunter over here. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's very small. Hold on. Uh, Let's see. Uh, dead air. <laughs> yeah, see. I would definitely listening to. I'll be listening to that for sure <laughs> on my free time. It's like I'm that fly in the wall. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is exactly what it feels like. You're a, you're a fly in the wall. All right. Let's see. Yeah, that's a good one. Here we go. Uh. And on top of that, but I don't see the picture. I've here, I've picked up really nice friends, really wonderful people. Ah, uh, Stan, who okay. literally will not leave here. I'm trying to give me a dog, whether you believe it or not. I love her, but you know what? Shauna, who literally is that me? <laughs> I'd be so upset I'm giving her five hundred, eight hundred dollars because her her house was robbed. I've known her for two days. She's a fifty six year old woman. So <laughs> Let's go back. Who? <laughs> her house got robbed. Now he's ending up giving her five to eight hundred dollars because her house was robbed. He just met the chick. Of China. Who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion found it. $323 billion. Wow. It is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing. 
who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be, build the fucking largest fucking LNG port in the world. LG port is what he said? I, I think so. LG port, yeah. What is that? Liquid gas, maybe? Because he was doing something with energy. Oh, that could be. And I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York, from the U.S. Attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me. In a criminal case, and my father, without telling me. And on top of that, I'm here. I've picked up really nice friends, really wonderful people. Senna, who literally will not leave here. I'm trying to give me a dog, whether you believe it or not. I love her, but you know what? Shauna, who literally is that me, has me so upset I'm giving her $500, $800 because her, her house was robbed. I've known her for two days. She's a 56-year-old woman that is... Wants to be my mother, and I don't know what to do but say yes. Fitness <laughs> here, I have to repair that relationship. My wife has fucking stage four cancer, and she's the only one that was nice to me today. But if I have to answer her phone call, and she says, please answer my phone calls, you just have to answer phone calls. Well, how does it feel to answer a phone call when every single phone call, I have not gotten one phone call today that said, hey, what can I do, Hunter, except from Uncle Jimmy? You're not a part of this fucking tape recording because I'm going to kill you. I don't want anybody to know that. Okay. But I mean it. Not one person. And that, by the way, that's not true. Because Uncle Jimmy actually he called and asked me what he could do, but he also told me what I could do for him. And so did you, to be completely honest. I'll call him. <laughs> be like, Hunter, how you doing? <laughs> We need a little upgrade in our studio. Yeah. <laughs> can you get Papa to send some Chinese money our yeah, way? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just divert funds. The money? I don't give a shit about the money. No, it's about Lily, this is, I mean, every single fucking person. And by the way, I'm not talking about it that I'm so trepon and I'm so this and that. You know, Johnny called me and told me you know, he wanted to... Johnny Booth, my fucking freshman year roommate who hasn't called me in months. I mean, fucking, I haven't talked to Johnny in six months, but I love him. What did he ask, what did he ask for? Well, it's interesting that six hours later, Dad had asked me whether to, what he what I should do, what he should do about Johnny and the, and the job request that Johnny was making. Who said that? My dad. Oh. I said, Johnny, I'll do anything for you. But do you think you can... Why would you fucking not call me about that? Yeah. Oh, I don't need anything. Johnny made me feel like, and I'm not kidding, like I was holding something over him. I've never even once, every single job Johnny has, every single one has been because of me. Every one. And, and he's done an incredible job. And I've never, ever. Ever. Because you. Oh, I need this him. guy's number. And he's great. <laughs> You're like, dude, I need a job. I want to earn, you know, minimum 150k, man. Get me a job. Of course, the good man, good pocket to to pick from. Yeah. Um, but how do you call me right now and make me feel like don't don't do anything? I don't care. 
You don't care? Okay, fine. Good. Michael Carluzis, whose Fuck father, him. father, father Alex's fucking son, who is the fucking head of protocol for Donald Trump, whose father is one of the most wonderful people and mother is. Michael Carlosis, who's fucking the head of protocol for Donald Trump, fucking calling me to make certain that my dad can be at an award ceremony for his mom and dad on October 26th. Jeez. And he needs an answer now. Today! <laughs> Do you feel like these responsibilities that you feel were responsibilities that your brother took on as well. I don't know my third uh-huh. year uh-huh. is is twitching <laughs> what this sounds like is staged staged yeah I don't know it sounds staged a little uh, music and a little reggae <laughs> in the back <laughs> and, and the fact that you said you're recording you're recording what it there's something behind this. I don't know. I My don't third know. ear tells me this is not. Um, but is that his voice? I mean, it, it must be. He sounds a lot like Biden. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the report that I'm getting this from is called Marco Polo. It's MarcoPoloUSA.org is where I got it from. And, uh. You know, they have a full report here on the the laptop and what was in there. Email addresses on the Biden laptop, uh, iPhone backup messages, devastating op-ed, um, orgy with Daphne and Guinness, and Joe thinks I'm a god. <laughs> what? Uh, Biden laptop emails, erect life, Hunter's bills. Biden and McCain, American misery. Uh, all this is on his laptop. All this is on his laptop. And how is it that the mainstream media hasn't like exactly? exactly. See, this is the double standard. Uh, if that would have been attached to Donald Trump, mm-hmm. they would have oh my, they would have raked them over the coals. Uh, Cafe Bank, Cafe Bank again, two different account numbers. Uh, Hunter, and those are links that open up. Uh, yeah, yeah. You open uh, each one of these things lead to something. Let's see. This is a PDF. Cathay Bank eight eight nine six nine. Um, looks like uh, what is this? <clears throat> Let me see. I've never seen this before. I didn't uh, go down the line to see what everything is. So it looks like it's a bank statement of Cathay Bank. Oh shit! Oh I've been, snap! I've seen this bank before, believe it or not, in, in in Manhattan. Yeah, that that bank is on Canal Street. Yeah. Uh, it says, look at this account number. Wow, completely unredacted. Uh, I don't know. People don't <laughs> don't take this. I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything malice here. Uh. But it's public information. It's not us putting it out there. And those pro- that account is probably closed already. Oh, yeah. So uh, average balance, uh, what is that, $3,718,000,000? No, I'm sorry, $3,718,448. 
Wow. Yeah. Ending balance, 4335000 Go back up to the top. All the way up. Uh-huh. Hudson West. Oh, at least there's no... Is there a name attached to that account? Mm, no, but it was on this computer. Great Neck, New York. 12 Foxwood Road. Huh. Very interesting. Wow. What, look at this. Uh, Wire Wells Fargo Services. Infrastructure Investment U.S., Wells Fargo, Clearing Services, Northern International Capital. Look at this. Credits, and that's on the credits. This is debts, $400,000, Additions, transfer in, Northern International Capital. They put in $5 million. $5 million. You know that's coming from China. Uh, overdraft return item fees, nothing. Yeah, so, I, I mean, jeez. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, every one of these things, uh, it says uh, Biden laptop messages, subpoena. Alimony uh, from hell. Let's check that one out. <laughs> So he's divorced. I guess so, yeah. A marital statement. Oh, wow. This is a complete contract. Uh, it says, the parties fully were, uh, were fully married on July 2nd, 1993 in Chicago, Illinois. There were three children born in the marriage of the parties, namely Naomi K. Biden, uh, born... December 21st, 1993, who was emancipated by reason of age. Uh, Finnegan J. Biden, born of September 8th, 1998. And Robert... Robert... If I knew how to work that machine, I'll make a song out of that. Robert... 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 Oh, man. Roberta M. Biden, born August 18, 2000. Roberta. What a name. Um, It says Finnegan and Maisley are collectively referred to as minor children. Uh, The uh, the party is separated. This is is like his uh, alimony marital settlement. Um, party separated July 15th parties warrant and present to each other fully understands the terms. How is this legal to like just expose uh, this to the internet? Because I believe the contents, um, and this is free site. Anybody can go into this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, it says, um, what we're listening to is most genius shit ever. Um, it says wanted James, uh, Andrew Gilliard, uh, Hunter and Haley, the cocaine saga, Ashley Biden, Biden diary, which is fully transcribed. So, and then there's a, a report, a full report that's like 600 pages. Here's a report here. And it gives you a breakdown of exactly what happened. Uh, you see the uh, business-related crimes, sex-related crimes, drug-related crimes. Um, yeah. 
It has a bunch of things. Influence peddling, um, legal accountability, pictures, facts, all these things that it's about 644 pages. <laughs> wow. So that laptop was like chock full of information. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And this so, guy just took it to a regular Joe Schmo. Yeah. And he shop? never picked it up. And I guess the shop got, um, Rights to the property of everything that was in the laptop. Wow. But uh, he says something in this in this little uh, recording here. Now, this is 47 minutes. If you want to see the hear the full thing, I recommend everyone to go to MarcoPoloUSA.org. Um, and it's titled Most Genius Shit Ever. But listen a little bit more. For- we got to get this Marco Polo. On our show. <laughs> yeah, whoever this person is. And if you guys, anyone that's listening knows of the Marco Polo from MarcoPoloUSA.org, please let us know. Send us a tip. And you can do that by going to The Pyramid. That's P-A-R-A-M-I-D dot com. So wow. this is Hunter Biden. You have to take on both of them. I take on these fucking responsibilities. He didn't do any of this shit. Yeah, I swear to fucking great he did. He said he was smarter than me. No, he did the right ones. Yeah. He worried about mom. He worried about me. He worried about mom, dad, Ashley. Yeah. Kids, my kids. Yeah. And maybe a couple friends. That's it. And not even the friends. This shit that matter. No, but They're he took. Bad. But that was enough for him, man. Because he had to take on the fucking weight of the world with those people. And then he had all of the work he he did. That was so important. But do you feel like you have to take on... No, what I feel like is that every single one of those persons has a fucking beef against me, too. Because I've had every single one of those people... don't, because they're blessed that they even have... Every single one of those people, though, right now is sitting there thinking that I did them wrong. But if you leave them... No, but think about it. Yeah, of course. So go through that. Except for Uncle Jerry, you. Except for that, okay? Every single person, including, by the way, going to dinner with Finnegan and her four friends. Yeah. Okay? And I thought about that. Two hours in Finnegan and giving Finnegan $1,250 today. Yeah. And what I get is thanks for dinner, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. But she did not tell me that she was coming to, to, to oh, Los Angeles. Yeah. You know? And who is this coming? person that's, 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 he's talking I have, to? I, I, I think she might be a prostitute because later on, you hear that he's like in a car and you hear like the unlatching of a belt. <laughs> Oh no! No, obviously this is audio, but I think she might be a hooker of some sort. I, I'm not sure. I, 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 That's crazy. I, I might be talking out of pocket here because I, I don't know for sure. But based damn, on- we got an exclusive, <laughs> yeah. an exclusive on the Pyramid Podcast. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hunter Biden's laptop is revealed. Yes. So uh, just a little bit more because I think around the between uh, another minute or so, he's going to say something pretty interesting here. Next week to go to Malibu Ranch, which I really thought, the reason she thought about it was because I wanted to go. There's only one space. Is that true? No. She's going. Which is fine. I love that. Yeah.
missing this. I'm talking about a fucking criminal case in which Devin literally has name as a witness without telling me while he's working for and getting money from Jeff Cooper for an idea that was mine in all the connections in which they're doing for me. Fuck that. And I'm paying $250,000. I'm paying half my fucking salary. What happens if you just take that money away? Can you? Yeah, I could. So what happens if you do that? I don't fucking know. What happens is, you know, I don't know. I just don't make promises that I... That That you don't keep. Except to yourself. $250,000 is half his salary. That's what he says. This is what he was making on a monthly basis. $250,000. Half a million dollars. Wow. On a monthly basis. And somebody wanted a quarter of that. Half of what he had. A quarter of a million. But this is this is not yearly. It's monthly. It's monthly. Now, no, let's see something. Let's let's be factual because. Well, did he say that? That that was it. Yeah, he rewind it. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Every single person, including, by the way, going to dinner with Finnegan and her four friends. Yeah. Okay? I thought that. Two hours in Finnegan and give it to him $1,250 today. Yeah. And what I get is thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, pause it right there. Pause it right there. Mm -hmm. Inside Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with China Energy Company. The deal was... The deal was years in the making, the culmination of foreign contacts, hosting dinners of flights to and from China. But on August 2nd, 2017, signatures were quickly affixed. One from Hunter Biden, the other from a China Chinese executive named Goeng Dong. Within I days, guess that was the guy who disappeared. Check this out. This, this is going to... Within days, a new Cathay Bank account uh, was created. Within a week, millions of dollars started to change hands. Within a year, it would all begin to collapse. While many aspects of Hunter Biden's financial arrangement with CEFC, China Energy, mm-hmm. has been previously reported and were included in a Republican led Senate report from 2020, a Washington Post review confirmed many of key details and found additional documents showing Biden's family interaction with Chinese executive. Over the course of 14 months, the Chinese energy conglomerate and its executive paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle. Remember he was mentioning his Mm -hmm. uncle? According to government records, court documents, and newly disclosed bank statements, as well as emails contained on a copy of a a laptop (laughs) hard drive, (laughs) let's read that again folks look into it (laughs) (laughs) let's see 4.8 million over the course of 14 months 
A Chinese energy conglomerate and its executive paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle. According, according to government records, court documents, and newly disclosed bank statements, as well as emails contained on a copy of a laptop hard drive that purportedly once belonged to Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. The Post did not even did not find evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited or new details about the transactions with the CFC, which took place after he had left the vice presidency and before he announced his intentions to run for the White House in 2020. So the the, the headline... Mm-hmm. Of this, because uh, I saw it said, let's see, that that's like a breakdown. And I, okay, it says contract, contract signed August 2nd, 2017, stated that Hunter Biden would get one-time retainer of 500000 and would then receive a monthly. Hmm. Hmm. So from what I, from what I heard, you know, it was 500000 every month he was hmm. getting from the Chinese. Let me see if he, he says it here. You know, Naomi's coming next week to go to Malibu Ranch, which I really thought, the reason she thought about it was because I wanted to go. There's only one space. Is that true? No. She's going. Which is fine. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, In the midst of this, I'm talking about a fucking criminal case in which Devin literally has Naomi as a witness. Stop telling me. While he's working for and getting money from Jeff Cooper for an idea that was mine and all the connections in which they're doing for me. Fuck that. And I'm paying $250,000. I'm paying half my fucking salary. What happens if you just say that? $250,000, but he didn't say, he was like a, a. And it's half my salary. He did say half my salary. So what, annual salary maybe? This is half his salary on a monthly basis. Hmm. But let's see, wait, let's wait. let's see if we yeah, can really narrow. So, what happens if you do that? I don't fucking know. What happens is, you know, I don't know. I just don't make promises that I that I. That you don't you know. keep, except to yourself. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. I'm a Molly. I'm like having a. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I see it here now. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. Let's see. I hate the fact that you can see on the link. Now, this says over here, 
Hunter Biden was a director of Burisma Holdings for five years. He was reportedly paid as much as 50000 per month. Why would anybody pay $500 for a painting by $500,000 for a painter by? He's a painter as well? I guess so. Well, maybe I was wrong about $500,000 a month from the Chinese. Mm. Um, I guess I would have to dive in further. But nevertheless, this guy was getting paid big money. Yeah, I mean... $250,000 is not something to laugh at. And he was saying that that's half his salary. Right. So he must be getting 500000 Uh Maybe a year. a year. But that's only from one one channel. Right. Can you imagine how many other things he's getting paid from? But he said, he says so much. So I just want him to, there's a little part that I just want you to hear. I want your thoughts on this, so let's keep playing it from here. A little bit fucking jacked up. And avoiding their phone calls? Duh. And on top of that, Howie literally is running a campaign against me. And the thing that sucks about that is that you two had a time when you loved her so much and you thought that she was... But I don't understand it. I don't. Why do I... Why does it... You know, by the way, and so what? What's my... You know... What... What does it mean? It means that people will... I let you down. Yeah, but I'm, like, smart enough to know, like, you know. No, still. You let me down, and I was going to hold you accountable for letting me down, but, like... Should I hold you accountable for letting me down? I don't hold you accountable. No, you should hold me accountable. I'm never going to text about you ever again, and I shouldn't. Mm. And I Mm. know that one of my flaws, one of my devilish sides, is that I like to talk about things like you... Because I like to show off. Duh. You think that the night that we had sex, I wasn't texting like three people? Being like, I'm lying in bed with this incredible man. Like. Oh, man. <laughs> I know this word sounds really silly to you. Because I only used it. You are iconic. And so am I. Okay? Remember that. Okay? She is stroking his ego. Let me be I don't know what that means. Okay, so if you have to think, what is, who's an iconic person to you? David Bowie. Johnny Cash? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Biden? Who else? <laughs> Your dad? No, don't know. Your dad is an iconic person. <laughs> Your brother's an iconic person. Who else? Someone. Someone from a different field, let's think. Um, I don't fit those categories, that's for sure. What's the category? I don't know what the category is. The category isn't anything but 
being iconic. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> That was the part <laughs> that she's saying he's iconic. I mean, she is stroking <laughs> him. He's speechless. He's like, mm, 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 mm. well, he did have sex with her. So, oh my god, what? Yo, she she must have hosed him out. <laughs> she hosed him out. Sexually and financially. <laughs> and this is oh, when man. I like to remind folks when you listen when you listen with a third ear, mm-hmm. this is what I get. This is what I'm getting. He's ranting and raving to this woman about all these people that are juicing him. Mm-hmm. He's got to give this woman $1,200. He hardly knows her. Mm-hmm. This homeless guy, is, you know, he gives him $800. All these people. But I believe he is subliminally complaining about her. Mm. Like he's ranting and raving and all this stuff about right. other people. But he's trying to tell her. Stop hosing me. Just because we have sex, you know, <laughs> you're hosing me financially. <laughs> you know, do you really like to be with me? Or mm. is this a financial thing? Mm. But he's not telling her that. He's ranting and raving about other people, trying to get her, give her an idea, an impression that maybe she's doing the same mm. shit. This is why you got to listen with a third <laughs> ear. That's a good That's a good uh, interpretation. Yeah, he's frustrated. Yeah, well, that that's for sure. Like, he's definitely from frustrated. From what I gather from what he's saying, and which is a conundrum that a lot of wealthy people find themselves in, mm-hmm. is that when you got when you reach a, a level of wealth, you don't know who's true anymore. Because mm. everybody has an agenda. Mm. And the agenda is asking for what you do for me. Right. You know, not anything genuine. No, and that's a that's shame. That's a shame. So he Frost hear the frustration, and then he's like, you know, trying to subliminally, you know, like I guess making this woman feel guilty, but she don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> she don't give a shit. She what she threw right back at him is like, dude, you're iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm bragging about you to my friends after we have sex. Right, stroking his ego. To the point that maybe he kind of can justify, you know, I'm iconic. Maybe I should be giving this woman, you know, her fair share. Mm -hmm. I'm an iconic guy. Like, wow, what mind games. (laughs) There's mind games coming from both of them. Yeah. You know, this is like a fucking monster movie. 
Yeah, it's King so. Kong versus Godzilla kind of a deal. <laughs> Who has the best subliminal uh, brainwashing? Wow. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's uh, that's been going on uh with the Hunter Biden laptop, and there's still like like six hundred and forty four pages in that report. I'm going through it little by little, but that that little excerpt that you heard was only twelve minutes of forty seven minutes of interesting. <laughs> Crap. Wow. <laughs> so if you guys want to, uh, if you're listening, you want to hear the full clip, just go to MarcoPoloUSA.org. Interesting. That was an interesting little segment. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm trying to slew some more exclusive like this one. Yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. It, it gives you that flying the wall kind of like feeling. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I have another fascinating, so, uh, have you heard of, uh, the century of humiliation? I've heard that and I don't know what country that comes from, but I've heard something. So, so China has this thing that they tell their population and they it tell is their, China. Their, yeah, they tell their 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 population, and they tell every citizen knows of this, and it's the century. It's like something that 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 they teach in schools in China. And it's called the cent China's century of humiliation, and uh, I have a video about this um, that goes into detail what they're, the century. Where have I heard? We didn't discuss this before on the podcast. Um, I think perhaps we might've, um, we might've made some hints at at it. It's possible. Um, but with all the things that we, we covered, we might've, uh, we might've uncovered or, or, or gone down this rabbit hole, but, uh, it's very fascinating. So, do you know, like, uh, do you remember at all what what caused the the the, the humiliation? Sense, the humiliation yeah. was it World War Two? So it was no, the, it was not World War Two because it's not a century. As it wasn't. Um, well, I have a report here um, that breaks it down. Yeah, let me refresh my memory because I know I've heard this somewhere. So the reason I bring it up at all is because uh, one of the things that uh, I've learned is you got to know thy enemy. And, and, you know, listening to Hunter Biden say that he's been getting money from the chief spy agent uh, uh, from China. I mean, isn't that like crazy from the, the sun of of the sitting president, and and was a vice president. You can know? you imagine? Can you just put this picture in your mind, mm. or this thought that Donald Trump's son would have had something of what is in this laptop? Oh my God. How this would have, you know, it would have ran through all of the social media, all the news outlets like fire. Yeah, of course. And I this, mean... this they did what my mom always say. Tapando el sol 
con un dedo. Mm -hmm. they're, they're blocking out the sun with a finger. They shoved it under, they covered it up, and nobody, nobody has, it's like of no interest. I haven't heard anything about the laptop. Really? No, you, no one. I, I, more I heard information more about the, one, the post, the New York Post, than what was what was in the laptop at all, really. You're getting more info on the Pyramid Podcast <laughs> than what you hear on CNN, CNBC, all of Fox them. News. They don't report it. They no. just don't report it. Nothing. I would figure that something like this would be running through all these um, media outlets, but I don't know. And, I don't and, know. And the the other interesting piece of the puzzle is our uh, opening uh, music, which was, you know, Obama clearly stated that, you know, he wouldn't mind being a guy running things from his home while some puppet president had an earpiece in their ear and he was able to, you know, bark commands at them. Oh, we have a pros to break. So <laughs> yes. let's get this break before we go into our next segment. That's right. Distance from Earth, mm -hmm. it's two hundred and thirty-eight nine hundred miles. This out, 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 this out. This out, this out, this out, this out, this out. This out. This out. This out. Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolts, and we got the Thunderbolts and the Lightning and the double-ended. This uh, <laughs> <laughs> out. Mm. The moon's distance from Earth. Mm -hmm. It's two hundred and thirty-eight nine hundred miles. This out. 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 
Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolt, and we got the Thunderbolt and the Lightning and the double-ended. I feel like a dunce. You know, you think you're standing in a corner with a cone hat, and you're like, a day, a day. Today's episode is brought to you by Fungi Coffee. The Fungi Coffee Company. By Fungi Coffee Company. You can find it at thepyramid.com. So this is a cup of our wonderful Fungi Coffee. With our lovely creamer, and it is absolutely delicious. God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. Just make sure you keep that that away from the roadcaster, please. I don't need you to tell me how fucking good my coffee is, okay? I'm the one who buys it. I know how good it is. When Bonnie goes shopping, she buys shit. I buy the gourmet expensive stuff because when I drink it, I want to taste it. So uh, I also wanted to take the time out to shout out some of our, uh, well, first of all, uh, we have a breaking news, um, something very, very, very big happened, and um, we got our very first, uh, well, genuine, genuine, born, bona fide purchase purchase on of of our uh, supplements on the pyramid uh uh doc uh, the com and they they found our our supplements was able to purchase and that makes them a brand new verdugo but uh, not just a regular verdugo no no you get Appreciate you. We really appreciate Shout you. Shout out the man's name, please. To you just Mr. have been knighted. Knighted. So uh, you are now our Verdugo. Verdugo. Mr. Anthony, you are now a new Verdugo, but not just a Verdugo. You, you are. Call, uh, wait a minute. You are a Verdugo with a badge. badge. That's right. Play those trumpets again, please. <laughs> you got it. Anthony, this is for you. Verdugo. There you go. <laughs> you are a Freeman. You have been knighted with the Freeman badge. With the Freeman badge. We really, really appreciate Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? He's a coworker of mine. He's uh, awesome. A, 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 a genuine, true person. A true uh, 
give me some claps and, and accolades for Mr. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> uh, we got something here. Here we go. Uh, and you know what? What makes him what what really pushes this over the edge and, and why it's so it's so amazing to have you part of the community is because you know he not only did he make the bridge the gap i mean over our own family if you're listening a, a stranger as opposed to non blood you know not family member supported us before you did how does what well, you're get a- that video <laughs> which shame 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 you're supposed to be my boy you're supposed to be oh you guys should have a podcast you guys talk about interesting stuff shame shame you well a poo yes you well a poo shame shame you well a poo shame ring that bell <laughs> shame, shame. Oh, Anthony, uh, we are proud of you. You yes. are a freeman. You have you've helped produce this show. You've helped You're an honorary Verdugo, which means once you become a Freeman or when you become a Verdugo in general, you are the executioner of the truth. That's right. You just lop the head of all the lies, of all the things we are fed on a daily basis through social media, through um, news outlets, and things that they cover up. Look, look, you get more from Hunter Biden's laptop on this little rinky-dink podcast we call the Pyramid Podcast. I haven't heard nothing of this nature coming from Anywhere else, but here on the Pyramid Podcast. And that's from the reporting that we do here, just me and you. So, you know, and and those that listen and those that send tips, the tips are very helpful. I mean, uh, they they help us uh, uh, find things that we wouldn't normally find. So we really appreciate it. But what I was going to say is that well, uh, two things. Uh, first is... Uh, one of the, the, the things that I, we need to start in, uh, thinking of and incorporating is with the purchase. Um, if you are purchasing something from the fungi coffee co or from paramin supplements, you, uh, we, we should instruct our listeners to put in a little note and we can read that note right here. Oh, that's an interesting on, idea on the cast. Also, um, <clears throat> it allows for us to, um, because uh, something that I think is very big, because these topics that we cover here, we are the most banned podcast yes, we on are. the internet. And we do use pseudonyms. I mean, Neo 
is was a pseudonym, right? Because his name is Mister Anderson, right? right? So, um. Uh, we need to be able to give uh, or provide a way for our audience that made that crossed over the bridge into uh, Verdugo to uh, come up with their own pseudonym. Uh, and maybe if you've made title, we got to give you a title. Your title is Freeman, right? Well, well what I'm saying is like, because like, uh, for example, Mr. Anthony, I'm not going to reveal your full identity, of course. But we need to have a way where we could give a promotion to those that want it and give anonymity to those that don't. Right, right, right. So, you know, and and at the same time, giving all uh, promoters of this show and producers um, the opportunity and the 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 thanks that they that they deserve because we really appreciate everyone this is a value for value podcast meaning if you found any value at all in this podcast then you can go ahead and go to theparamid.com and it's not that hard folks to become a bowerongo all you need to do is type in your email and that's it you've now shaken the title of a Pus smeller, a wellepu, yes. And uh, for those that are uh, of the wellepu that are family members, again, we'll, we'll play it for you again. Shame, shame, <laughs> shame. Don't be a family member shame. and not contribute. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> No, but Shame. seriously, how great Shame. would this be? You have Fauci, Klaus Schwab, Joe Biden, Obama. We got to do a video superimposing. Bill Clinton, uh, uh, Bill Gates walking down like New York City and Wall Street butt naked. <laughs> we have to superimpose the face of... Oh, Fauci. Uh, um, I think her name was Cersei. Cersei in, in, in Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Put Fauci's face on there. Oh, And have man. him do the walk of shame. That, that, shame. Shame. That would be, I think, I think that would be precious. I mean, that, that would, we wouldn't need further punishment other than that. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> and just set him off into the sunset after that. If he does super cool, hey. <laughs> right. But again, oh, man. this broadcast has been brought to you by Paramin Supplements and Fungi Coffee Co. From the Conf- uh, Fungi Coffee Co. Um, again, you know how many times we heard, you guys should do a podcast. You guys should do mm-hmm. a podcast. We finally do it, and you know what? This is episode what? 40. Wow. Out of we've 52 gone, weeks out of the year, we've gone 40 straight weeks. So this is our anniversary date, right? This That's is when, correct. So we finally closed the circle, mm-hmm. you know, on episode 40, which is a year later since we started it. Right. And you would figure... All these people that, you know, encouraged us to do this, that they would be in Verdugo status. But yet they're 
They're lingering. They're lingering. They're not even bobolongos. They're right. lingering, lingering around in Wellapoo status, <laughs> right? <laughs> Watching us from the corner. Yeah, like trolls. Right. Like, shame on you. <laughs> shame. And, and and Anthony, we really appreciate all that you've done. And and what what's more, to bring the to feel more shameful for those that again are family members and have the ones that encouraged us to do this. He also goes around and says, have you tried the Paramid supplements? I mean, they're fantastic supplements. Go to theparamid.com. We don't, I never asked him to do that. That's, he comes and says that out of the goodness of his own heart. And he says he truly enjoys the value that we put out there. So there is value. Uh, and, and our family members saw the value in our conversations. So the fact that you're just, Lingering. I mean, to be a Bobolongo costs you nothing. You go on to theparamid.com and you subscribe. It's for free. Completely for free. And boom, you, you've shed. And then that. if you say, Oh, I, I don't want coffee. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't drink coffee. Fine. We got supplements. Oh, but I'm not into supplements. I don't do supplements. Fine. I don't believe in then them. Then you can donate. Right then and there, you can donate. Boom, puppies. You know, donating, yes, but you know and, everybody and, gets cold. Everybody needs to wear something. We got swag as well. That's right. Now with our swag on the ParamedShop dot com, we have a little hiccup because unfortunately Shopify was connected to Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, so, so now we having problems collecting. So from so our swag right now is a little bit on pause. So if you try to go to the shop dot com, you're gonna notice something is a little odd. Uh, something's off. Um, and that's only because uh this whole thing with the Silicon Valley Bank, they can't accept or receive payments. Things have been things are going on. So uh. Hang tight. We're going to try to find a, a better option for that. But we do we do have the coffee. We do have the supplements. And, and the, the we coffee. do accept donations. And we do accept donations. And there's no requirement. You no. Can, from a penny up up right. until you, whatever you feel comfortable whatever doing. Whatever you feel comfortable. That's It's value for value. Whatever value you get out of this, that's what and you coming soon, with. coming soon, Anthony, you have been grandfathered into this, what <laughs> I'm about to say. We have four levels. Mm-hmm. The Freeman, the Headsman. What was the other one? Inquisitor. The Inquisitor. And the Oathbreaker. Now, depending on how you become a Verdugo, you go into any one of those tiers. Freeman is the first level. Mm-hmm. But we're going to iron out the ranks um, in later podcasts. Yes, as as we start, because the whole point of the ranks is you're, you're given under $100, and then if you're given over $100, if you're given over 300 if you're given a grand, you know, we don't want to give the the impression that everybody, like the, the people that give more, we want to acknowledge them and want to make sure. And something else I was thinking about doing was creating a little video 
And at the end of every podcast, as we play our outro music, maybe we can have the credits of all the our producers scrolling up. Yes, because that. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Because not only do you gain Verdugo status and you shed the Bobolongo, right? But you also have the right to be to when you get your resume together. Mm-hmm. You're a producer. Yeah, you're, you, you help can, produce this show. And the you, most banned podcast on the internet. And you could write it down as part of your work history and your 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 history in general, and we will vouch for you. Yes, right. Anthony is a producer of, of the show. Pyramid Podcast. Yes, and we appreciate you We very, appreciate very much. you. Thank you so much. So now it's time to go into our next segment. Live, coming to you from the Nebuchadnezzar. It's the most banned podcast on the internet. It's Ernesto and Pablo Morado. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Welcome back. So... Um, before we left, we were talking about the uh, China's century of uh, humiliation. Of, uh, yeah, of humiliation. Yes. So refresh my memory on what that is, because I I know I've heard before. Oh, followers. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I know I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. So just refresh my memory and uh, what. This is to a public. Yes. So, okay. So the first thing is that, um, is that we have to understand, we have to know thy enemy, right? We have to understand what is going on in the mindset of the Chinese person, because we see history and see everything from the American perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that skews our, our understanding to one particular way. Right, right. The way our propaganda uh, claims that we we're the best or whatever, but if you hear what's going on from the perspective of people that live outside and of the United States, and uh, we've said this on the podcast before, but you know, people from outside the United States, you know, have a different opinion of our country than we would like to to think of. Um. So I wanted to figure out what is the Chinese mind, mindset. What is, what is the propaganda that they're telling them? Like what what is the um, what is the CCP like engraving into their heads? Right, exactly. And I unearthed the century of humiliation, and this is we're at the end of this century. Of humiliation, and they have a, a very direct plan. And this uh, video condenses it. I mean, if you want to see um, more about this, you can look into uh, on YouTube. Just type in 
uh, China's Century of Humiliation. And you'll find a lot of videos, long documentaries, about an hour. I found the the most concise. Um, and this is a, a, a history lesson because this is like, you know, how we learn about the Civil War. And this is how China's kids learn about their their country, what's happened from their side. So it's very interesting, and it and it's important to know because okay, now you heard that Biden's getting money from China, and China we hear the spy balloon from China, and now everybody's like off of Ukraine and on to China, and 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 it's funny that we're mentioning China because right now Xi Jinping and Putin are meeting are together, meeting together, and I you know what. I wouldn't doubt if you find out that, you know, maybe he ends the war in Ukraine. Maybe he did it with already with, uh, uh, was it Iran and Iraq? I believe it was. That will be interesting if I out of this meeting, they might end the war. I don't see Putin doing that, but. Yeah, well, think of it like this. Um, uh, Putin and China, uh, they have, if they have a close relationship. And they do. Right. Then, well, the thing is, if they if they bring in this close relationship and they make it out on open, you know, then they, it signals to the rest of the world, like, we're not falling for your system. We're creating, we're the rest of, the, like, America's one, we're two and three. You know, we're the other people. We're not going by America's uh, uh, plan no more. And that puts a little bit of shaky confidence in, in the rest of the country. It's like, okay, now who do I go with? You know? Oh, I see what you're saying. If Xi Jinping, right, mm -hmm. everybody's expecting Biden to bring this peace. Right. And Xi Jinping is the one that brings the peace. Then they go... Hmm. Wait a minute. Maybe America's the wrong, the wrong. Have we been putting our eggs in the wrong basket? basket? And then that's that's a good perspective. And that's where I think, uh, I think this fits into the century of humiliation because China has been on this path uh, for a while. They've been because they've been humiliated and they want to uh, get their retribution. And uh, I didn't know about this. So I think this would be very interesting for the audience to hear what the Chinese history, what the, the Chinese people think of their own history. And it's not what we'd say in, in schools. Mm. So it's not something that a lot of people learn. So um, like, for example, the opium wars. Do you know anything about that? Boy, you're you're going back into my elementary and no, we've heard so I've I've definitely heard of the opium war. Yes, I have, but the significance behind that did we hear? No, I don't remember none of that. So they'll they'll get into it. So that's part of it. So I'll play a little bit now. Now I remember in in other podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, now that you mentioned the opium war, and now that you mentioned that. What is it? The century of shame, mm -hmm. humiliation. Oh, 
I got shame in top of mind because <laughs> of our relatives. Shame, shame. <laughs> um, uh, Century of Humiliation. Um, I've mentioned. I she was moving. <laughs> totally understand. I just, I just explained. She was on top of mind. Uh, um, you know, and she was a top of mind. <laughs> so I have mentioned before about this book that I loved when I was that I read in when I was in um middle school. Mm-hmm. It's called The Good Earth. Mm. And let me just so that I can be it's a fantastic book and it it, it kind of takes you in to what you're talking about. The culture of the Chinese mindset. Pearl S. Buck? Let me see the cover. Um, that yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it says it right uh, the Good Earth is a historical fiction novel by Pearl S. Buck, published in 1931, that dramatizes a family life in a Chinese village in early early 20th century. It is the first book uh, in how in her House of the Earth trilogy uh continued in sons 1932 and a house divided in 1935 i didn't read those uh, those other ones it was a best-selling novel in the united states in both in 1931 and 1932 won the pulitzer prize for fiction in 1932 and was influential in bucks winning the nobel prize for literature in 1938 uh let's see if they have a plot the story begins on Wang Lung's wedding day and follows the rise and fall of his fortunes. The house of Wang, a family of wealthy landowners, lives in a nearby town where Wang Lung's future wife, Olan, lives as a slave. However, the house of Wang slowly declines due to opium use, frequent spending, uncontrolled borrowing, and general unwillingness to work. Following the marriage of Wang Lung and Olan, both work hard on their farm and slowly save enough money to buy one plot of land at a time from the Huang family. Olan delivers three sons and three daughters. Their first daughter becomes mentally handicapped as a result of severe malnutrition brought on by famine. Her father greatly pities her and calls her the poor poor fool. fool. A name by which she is addressed throughout her her life. Olan kills her second daughter at birth to spare her the misery of growing up in such hard times and to give the remaining family a better chance to survive. Wow. Yeah, because in those times, remember I had said that it was, um, in, especially in, in China, mm-hmm. they wanted male babies right because you know if see what people people might not know about um chinese culture or asian culture in general Mm -hmm. oh actually that's a bad statement back in the day Mm. back in the day almost all cultures had some vein of what i'm about to say okay you wanted male um, you wanted sons, not daughters, mm. because daughters become a liability. 
Mm. Why? When your daughter um, goes off and gets married, right? And that is evident in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, the daughter, ha- when you marry the daughter, as part of the marriage contract, there is something called a dowry. Mm-hmm. And if it's your daughter getting married, you have to pay this dowry to the husband um so that people know what we're talking about we're by education here Mm -hmm. google dowry d-o-w uh money or property bought by a woman to her husband at marriage so that that responsibility falls upon the father so if you produce women, then you have to put up a dowry when she gets mm. married. But if you produce men, then you that don't. man, not only do you, don't you have to provide a dowry, but that man can help you out on the field. Mm. And now he's helping you as opposed to be a liability. And that was the mindset. Mm. I can also imagine you carry the name, carry the legacy. Right. That's that's the byproduct. Mm. You know, you carry the legacy, you carry the last name. So in Asia and in China, it was not, it, it was not cool to have daughters. What they wanted was sons. And this particular book, uh, it tells you that mindset in the Chinese culture. So if you're interested in a good read, because let me tell you, it's a good read. Um, the main character who's a husband, you know, he is, um, his liability and this, this might be a little spoiler, but his liability is his in-laws. Hmm. And he finds a very unique way to deal with that. Wow. And, and the unique way has to deal with what you mentioned about the opium wars. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. If you want to read the book, I highly and recommend this is it. the author, Pearl S. Buck. Very good book. Highly recommend it. Hmm. So yeah, so uh, learning about this, uh, the century of humiliation is a little bit of a history lesson. So strap on your your thinking caps or your learning caps or whatever, and activate that third eye and that third ear. And this is good to know how they think of us and what they're planning because a lot of the time, like for example, we have this spy balloon that that just came through, and we're like. Why would one of the things I was talking to the captain of the logos, I hope he would call, but uh, um, I was talking to him and he was telling me that um, that unfortunately his his brother also does another another cast same time. So it's tough for him to uh, to join in on our cast. Unfortunately, Mm, his brother's doing a podcast as well. Yeah. So he's he's doing a different uh, like live stream thing. And I believe he's a moderator of that as well. Mm. So. Um, but one of the things that he was saying um, was that this whole spy balloon thing, you know, that China made a mistake. 
He's like, that doesn't make any sense to him at all. He's like, these pe- these people, they don't make mistakes. Like, have you, like, take a Chinese person. Do they make many mistakes? Anybody. Just take a random one. He's like, they don't make mistakes. Like, like they, especially in the realm of, like, math and, 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 and science and, and those kinds of things, they don't make those kinds of mistakes. So for this to be a weather balloon, that, 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 that it's a mistake, to him is a big red flag. He's like, no, no, no. This does, this doesn't sound. And you know what? Now that you're talking about weather balloons, I know we're the, we're getting uh, sidetracked. Uh-huh. But you have to play how the Russian jet fighter pisses all oh, over. Yeah, it just pisses on our on our <laughs> drone. Yeah, on our drone. Because you know what. What China did, you know, I'm not defending China, mm-hmm. but we do it all the time. Hence, what happened with that drone. Mm. But, man, if this is what Putin wanted to to transcend through this event, that jet just flew over our drone and took a giant piss. Well, that's what... It, it, they're showing, look, look at your mighty America. Look how strong they are. And he just pissed on that on that drone. Right. So, I don't know. This is not uh, looking quite good. I don't know what this means, but, uh, yeah. And for our audience members who do not know what I mean by pissing on the drone, you got to give them a little bit. Yeah. It's really it. quick. I'll do it now. Uh, and I just found that I just found that particular maneuver. I didn't know you could do that, but wow, that that's a cool thing a pilot can do. Hmm. It just looks cool in the video. All right, let's see here. Check this out. Boom, he just pissed all over that drone. <laughs> and what he did was he just unloaded fuel. Yeah. Right onto our drone. And I I think it's a symbolic thing. Of course, it must be. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> all right, I just had to get that off my chest. Let's get <laughs> let's get down to the Hundred years. Uh, what is a hundred years of humiliation? Of humiliation. Century of humiliation. Years. The government in Beijing has taken an offensive attitude in regard to the territorial claims in Asia. China has disputes in the east, south, and west of the country. The pursuit of these geopolitical objectives has come at the expense of its neighbors. And even though we cannot pass everything off as Chinese expansionism, since every dispute is unique in its origin, but what may appear as aggressive posture by China can be rationally explained by examining the country's early modern history that shape the national mindset. My name is Shirwan and welcome to Caspian Report. 
In Chinese writing, China meant the Middle Kingdom, which reflects the historical position of the country as a central power that wielded great political influence throughout the region. In a way, China's influence and legacy in East Asia was not too different from ancient Rome in Europe. And as is custom with historical powers, rulers attributed their dominance to ethnic, religious and cultural superiority. The same principle was true for the emperors of the Middle Kingdom. This xenocentric perception of the world continued well into the early modern age. The refusal to recognize the changing geopolitical landscape was eventually met with misery and humiliation. In the 18th century, Chinese commodities enjoyed great demand in Europe. Both continents prospered in trade, however, since the Xing government mandated that goods could only be traded in exchange for silver, a large portion of the British silver reserve flew into China. To rectify the trade deficit, the British East India Company introduced opium, nowadays known as heroin, to Chinese consumers in exchange for silver. The idea was to redirect the flow of precious materials back in exchange for silver. So they're using it like a currency. Right. And I wonder how much of that is still going on. Hmm. To the British and for officials in London, the policy worked. However, over the course of the century, the influx of opium dramatically increased from an annual 200 chests in 1719 to 40,000 chests by 1838, with each chest accounting for 63 kilograms Pause. of opium. Mm -hmm. For people that don't know, opium was huge here in the United States, mm. um, especially in San Francisco and in the West. Mm -hmm. They had what it was called opium houses. Mm, what's an opium house? An opium house was a place that you would, it was like, how do I explain this? Like, um, what do you call those places that, that they have now where there's like a, like a secret door and you walk through that secret door and there's like Speak a... Speakeasy? It was sort like a speakeasy, mm -hmm. right? But with opium, mm. it was a hot. It was a it was a business mm -hmm. that you would walk in, and the you know they they had a servant. Mm -hmm. The servant would escort you to sort of like a couch, like the one we have over here, mm -hmm. like a laid down sort of a, a laying down couch. Okay, and she would bring you a pipe. With opium in it, mm -hmm. and you would smoke your opium and just pass out on that couch, mm. and you pay for that service, huh. and you would be an opium. That's an opium clinic. And no, no, it was not a clinic. Oh, boy. it was it? like a like going like the way we go to a bar. Opium speakeasy. It was an opium house. House. Google that. All right. And there's a movie with Johnny Depp that you see him go to an opium house. Mm. Uh, the name of the opium movie. Den. 
Oh, they might be. They might have called it. And what's the definition here? This is according to H. H. Kane, a doctor who spent years studying opium use in New York in the 1870s and the 1880s. The most popular opium dens or opium joints, as they were known in the particular in the parlance, as they were known in the parlance of the day were located on Mott and Pell Streets in Chinatown. Oh, well, see, I didn't know that we had opium dens mm. in New York. Interesting. Yeah. I knew they were very popular in San Francisco. And and the thing with these opium dens is that you would go there, you would pay for the service, and you would pass out there. On that couch, mm-hmm. and you could be there for days. It says here, opium smoking arrived in North America with a large influx of Chinese who came to participate in the California gold rush. The jumping off point for the gold fields was San Francisco, and the city's Chinatown became the site of numerous opium dens soon after the Chinese first arrived around 1850. And yeah, you would, you would, there were people that would virtually live in these opium dens. Wow. Pass out there and you would just smoke, smoke, smoke. And they had like a little enhancement. Like the way we have tears, like Mm -hmm. the Freeman and the Headsman Mm -hmm. and the the Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. You know, you had, you could smoke your, your, your opium pipe, mm-hmm. and have a nice naked Asian girl like laying down <laughs> with you. Ah, so some things never change, huh? Yeah, it was sort of mm. like there was prostitution going on in there mm. as well. Kind of like Japan. <laughs> yeah, but it it was a lot of people were at that time. There was no legislation against opium. Mm. It was legal. And a lot of people just withered away in these opium dens hmm. back in the day. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what opium does. It just makes you addicted. Yeah, so so that's how it looks like it starts with the opium war here. Uh, let's continue. Uh, let's see. The series of unfortunate events proved to be catastrophic for China. Not only was the treasury drained and silver was in short supply, but the number of opium addicts had greatly increased. With too many people simply loafing around, industrial output decreased considerably. By 1839, Emperor Daoguang had enough. He prohibited the trade of opium and directed his agents to drive away the foreign merchants that imported the narcotic, which resulted in the removal and destruction of tons of opium. At the time, it seemed like a straightforward solution. However, the emperor's plan backfired as it caused a political uproar in London, whereupon Britain responded by sending its navy to China and demanded compensation for the loss of goods. In the ensuing conflict, now known as the Opium War, the Chinese navy was decisively defeated and Hong Kong Island was ceded to the British Empire. What's more is that the import of opium now, ain't actually that to an Ain't that interesting? 
that England went to war with China mm-hmm. because they stopped. Yeah, because they were they were buying goods with with silver, and they were like, uh, "All of our silver is going to China." Mm, here, here's some opium. Use this instead. And they were like, "China's like, no, we don't want your opium in anymore." And they're like, "Oh, really? You're Ain't not gonna that- take my." <laughs> Oh really? Ain't that interesting? So they 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 kill them basically. <laughs> they start a war, they win, and then they take control over the of that part of. So let me get this straight. China was getting goods from England. Mm-hmm. No, oh, well, that or rather, England was purchasing goods from from China. Right, right. England was purchasing goods mm-hmm. from China, and instead of England um, giving them silver, they were giving them opium. Right. This opium, in turn, makes Chinese people lazy and addicts. Right. To the point that the emperor says. Moses. Enough is enough. And that enough with this shit. Right. This is ruining the country. Lies. Right. So he puts a stop to this and then England retaliates with a war. With a war. And this is how England gets a hold of Hong Kong. Right. You see? This is why you gotta pay attention. When you when you're in school, right? This is a little. This is a interesting. So there's a reason why China might be our adversary. Uh oh! It looks like we got um some uh, incoming. So it says here, it's like a, a hookah lounge for heroin. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now he nailed it. <laughs> Uh, if you ever watch that show Warrior on HBO Max, it shows triads of the San Francisco's Chinatown. Oh wow, that that's yes, it's like a hookah lounge with opium, exactly. And you lounge and you smoke opium. I never thought of England as a narco state, <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, that would be like cartels attacking the U.S. Navy, beating it. And taking Rhode Island as a prize. Exactly. That's and that that could happen. I mean with Mexico right there. Did you hear about like tourists that apparently tourists went over there and they mistake them for being uh rival cartel members and just you know, uh they chopped them up or killed them or something like that? Oh, I thought you were gonna mention about the girls who were you know, they slipped fentanyl. Oh, into the, their drinks. Well, there's that one, but then there there was this uh this story going around where these these girls they go to Mexico, um they get mistaken for rival drug cartels, and they get uh killed, and then they they find out oh they're oh not. this is the one that they apologized for yeah and the, they apologize by killing the people that killed them. And leaving their bodies out in the street, and saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, let, you know, let bygones be bygones." We didn't want to. Wow! So they killed them, the people that killed, like 
your daughter just died, and they the, the cartels killed that guy, executed him, and laid him out on the street for public to see. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's right there. That's that's a crazy thought. But yeah, like cartels attacking attacking the U.S. Navy, beating it, and then taking Rhode Island is a crazy thing to. But wow, that's that. and that's a great analogy to explain what happened with the whole Hong Kong bit, right? So we're starting to see why China is not too happy with the United States, but yet they had such a close relationship in the nineties. So what what's that all about? So, so let, let me tell you something. That. When it comes with the Chinese, this is my opinion, my opinion alone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Chinese have ever, in their point of view, had a close relationship with mm-hmm. the United States. They might pretend Mm. While the U.S. really thinks, yeah, we have a good relationship, this right. and that. But it, aren't aren't we like like propping up China, like because like, they took the capitalism that we uh, put into our country, and we're, we're giving them all our electronics and goods for them to produce. See, this is where I don't understand the American leadership and mindset, <laughs> because. We went to war in Vietnam to preserve democracy, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a war that could not be won. Mm -hmm. So China is effectively a communist country, right? Right. And when China decides, you know what? It's a new era. It's a new. It's a new um, time for our Chinese government. We're going to implement a little bit of capitalism as part of our regime now, mm. right? And then the Americans embrace that. They didn't change from being communist, right? But they're all like, "Oh, they're using the capitalism model." Yeah. And then we allow all of our businesses to go to China and in, in initially kill our labor here in the United States. And, what, you know, how many people lost jobs? Right. So uh, our our producer says... We were okay with uh, each other until we realized that all of our precious technology runs on precious limited resources. Michael Rupert. Mm-hmm. That's Michael Rupert. We need a picture of him over here. We definitely do. We need to get a picture. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're learning uh, about the century of humiliation and that go and it starts off like why like like this guy uh like our producer has been saying you know uh it's like 
why would China be happy with the fact that England took over Hong Kong? You know, I mean, based on that history, doesn't seem like England's the good guy at all here because you're giving them opium and making their population sick. And so what China, so my third eye goes, Oh, so what does China do? They make fentanyl and they say, Oh, you're going to kill us with opium. Don't worry. We got you. We're going to figure something out and we're going to give it right back to you. Well, China, what's the number one killer right now in the United States? Uh, the Chinese government, they're notorious for playing the long game. Right. You know, they're like patient to a fault. These guys, they know how to play the, it's like you say, they even got games that they teach you when you're very, we have checkers and chess, and then they have the, what do you call their game? Go. Uh, so check this out. Look at this. So fentanyl. Um, let me see here. It says the majority of fentanyl is mass produced in Mexico using chemicals from China before being pressed into pills or mixed with other counterfeit pills to make made to look like Xanax, Adderall, or oxycodone. The counterfeit drugs are then sold to unaware buyers. So this is why we're getting so many deaths because this is unregulated. And this is here. Who are the manufacturers of fentanyl? Teva, an Israel-based drug manufacturer, makes Actic and Fentora which are branded as fentanyl products for cancer pain and several generic opiates like oxycodone. So Teva, huh? So imagine Israeli based. You have uh, a cartel producing one of the most lethal drugs to ever come to this planet. And it's right on our border. Right on our border. And we got another comment here from our producer. He says, they can be patient. We have a leader for only four years. They have a lifetime appointments. How can any leader be effective for only four years or even eight years? Hmm. That's interesting because their leaders have lifetime appointments. Yeah. Like Putin. Yeah. So it seems like. think about this. And he has a point. You elect a president. Mm-hmm. And you really, let's be honest. We all know that the president is a puppet. Mm-hmm. You ele- <laughs> yeah, we definitely do know that. Uh because they say that the the puppeteer behind uh, Biden is Obama. <laughs> um, oh, <O'> Biden. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't in reality you don't elect a president. What you elect is a party. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, 
we um we as a country elected the Donald Democratic Tr- Party Donald Trump in uh, okay. 2016. Right, yeah. Right? Now he implements bills and laws and oh, signs the all these things. Right. You know, right. But he is doing his work. Right. So that takes four years. Mm-hmm. Then you get an election year. Now, if that regime changes to the Democrat side, mm-hmm. the first four years are spent undoing what the prior administration did. Hmm. So everything the Republicans did, because Donald Trump did it, mm-hmm. everything that Obama had in place, he started dis- dismantling. Mm-hmm. For example, this whole thing with the um, with the train derailments. I mean, now this train's being derailed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. They got diarrhea with that shit. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. So he, your, our Verdugo makes a, a good point. You know, now you've spent, now Biden has spent the four years unraveling what Trump did. Now, if he wins again, then he might see the fruits of his labor. And then once he implements what he wants to do, he's done. Right. And then we got to start all over again. And it could be from the other side, likely it will be. And then they undo what he just did. Exactly. So our, so our producer they, writes here. So if there's a climate crisis, say it's true, what can f- a four-year politician do against a politician who is planning for the next 20 or 30 years? Absolutely correct. And then uh, he follows up with saying, exactly, Ernesto, every four years undergoes what the last four accomplished, undoes, rather. Every four years undoes what the last four accomplished. Yeah, so then we're back to square one. Yeah. We're back, and then who suffers? We the people. Yeah. This is why American infrastructure is Is decaying. At a rate that is, like, exponential. It's decaying because everybody else is ahead of us. You would figure that we would have a bullet train by now. Right. Nope. We will have. We could barely get Manhattan's trains to run on time. I mean, and that's you know, a, you know this because you worked for a Japanese company at one point. Mm-hmm. But man, in Japan, taking a shit in Japan, it's an event. <laughs> you got a wall full of electronics, the seat warmer, the mm-hmm. ass cleaner, you know. Even dries your butt after you. <laughs> it got radio on the wall. Right, right, right. All kinds of shit. And this mm-hmm. is in the bathroom. Right. You know, China's, uh, Japan is in the future. Right. And we're just. We're here. In the in the 90s. Yeah. We're, Nin- we're, we, we're, we just the, entered the, the 90s. Cell, with the cell phone. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a bullet train. We don't have our infrastructure is decaying. Bridges are rotted. How can you fix it when you have a four year term? Right. Uh, our producer writes in 
you should see what Europe's super interconnected, uh, you should see what Europe's super interconnected and cheap railways or even China's super bullet train they build in Africa. Yes. Mm. Yes. You've said it many times. China's playing go. Yeah. So they're surrounding the um they're surrounding the 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 player. Basically that's what you do. I mean I can I can uh pull up a synopsis of Go here. Let me see if I can give people our, our, our audience a look of what Go looks like. So, I mean, of course, you know, our country is decaying. I mean, you just go to New York and you watch the streets full of potholes. Here, it's surprisingly, you you know, in, in Western Massachusetts. Then you're up. Mm-hmm. You, you go to Holy, you go to uh, uh, downtown Springfield, you go certain parts of Chicopee, certain parts of West Springfield, the roads are decaying. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's going on? You know, the buildings, you know, I I don't understand it. But again, back to our Verdugo, it's this process that we are perpetually in where you do four years, you do eight years, I implement my shit, then the new guy comes in, tears everything down, and we start all over again. And it's like a crab. They do two step forwards and then they take four steps mm. back. Two step forwards. Before you know it, you're further to where you're going. Right. Than being closer to it. Because you're taking two steps. And, and then, then four, four steps. steps back. All right, exactly. So here's a basic concept of go. Uh, intersections to a side. Other common board sites. Oh, let's, let's go with uh, this one. This one looks pretty interesting. Hello, everyone. Incente here. And if you're watching this video, that means you want to learn about the game of Go. It's one of the oldest board games that has ever existed. It's still incredibly popular, being played by millions of people around the world today. Most people that try to learn this game get discouraged fairly quickly because the abstract and very sandboxy, freeform nature of the game makes it really hard to understand the strategy beyond the basic rules and how to actually start playing. On this channel, uh, I've created previous videos on how to play Go that have gotten a very, very large amount of views and been, have been received very positively, but they are very long and involved. And for those that want just a quick primer on the rules, that want to learn Go without spending 25 minutes on a video, or maybe you want to show this to your friends. This game is so complicated, it takes five minutes uh, to this learn. This is a video for you. Jesus Christ. I'm going to teach you how to play Go in five minutes. I hope you're as excited as I am. And if you are, let's get started. Go is a game where two players place black and white pieces called stones on the intersections of a grid with the goal of controlling the most board area. Once placed, the pieces can't move. However, pieces can join together to form a group. Groups are the collection of two or more stones linked horizontally or vertically, but not diagonally. 
Think of stones like bricks or Legos, and a group like a structure or a building. Some groups are small, some groups are large, and the quality of your groups dictate how much of the board you can control. Hmm. The key to go is figuring out how you can maximize the expansion of your groups and stones while limiting your opponent's expansion. For See that? Reason, go is often called the surround. It's all about growing the expansion of yourself and limiting your opponents. opponents. And so what does China do? They take all of our, yeah, we'll make it. We'll do everything. Yeah, your technology, all your smart people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh uh, Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Elon uh, Musk, electric cars. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody. Oh, oh, uh, Apple. Yeah, yeah Google. Yeah. yeah, NBA. Come on in. So oh, look John at, Cena. Yeah. Now look <laughs> at it. Look at it this way. That's like a dude, right? Like you, a fat guy. Uh-huh. Burgers, burgers, <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he shits out a, the same thing, but with his name on it. <laughs> right. And that's what China does. Yeah, you want to stuff, and then they they reverse um, tech. Everything they produce, and then they slap their label, and then you have Alibaba. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could buy a prob- you could probably buy a jet plane in Alibaba for less than ten thousand dollars. <laughs> probably a jet plane, probably a fighter or whatever. I'm 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 being facetious and I'm being yeah. I'm exaggerating. Made in but China. You, but you get the point. You know, for example, Elon Musk uh uh manufactures his cars mm-hmm. in in China. Not the the Chinese electric car is sentient. Mm. They copied the technology and they up upgraded there yeah so this is what i mean uh-huh pay first eat later <laughs> you're welcome more sugar more cream more jelly thank you you're welcome pay first eat later <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah so the game of go is you we're now for it's this remember folks this is theater of the mind theater of the mind and we're trying to get into the mindset of what it is like to be an asian person looking at america here exactly and we're we're noticing oh oh the stuff that we're experiencing here is of a plan appearing to uh, uh that that we're now seeing it's like uh uh, you know, Willy Wonka, where the they're looking the the original with Gene Wilder mm-hmm. and uh, the what is it the TV, the kid TV they're waiting for him to you know get shot across the room into the into the the, the tiny screen the t- right right and they right. wait and they're like can can we see him I don't right now that's us like what's going on can we can we see Oh, 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 now we see it. And, oh, my God, this is horrible. Exactly. So, 
This is what the we're trying to understand the mindset here. So so far we understood that the game of go is to limit expansion of your opponent while bringing uh, expanding on your side. And, you grow, you grow, and limit their growth. And limit their growth. And we're learning about the opium war and their century of humiliation. Of humili- exactly. So, and uh, we we had some uh, interaction with our with our verdugos. Anyone that does participate, you do get an honorary verdugo, and we appreciate you. And uh, uh, let's give them a. Oh, <laughs> well, this he's been uh, uh, commenting on the cast before, but he is definitely. Uh... Yes. <laughs> so now back. That being said, let's learn more about this century of humiliation. What is this regarding annual seventy thousandth chests? To put this in 19th century, China's import of opium was equal to the global production of the drug between 2000 and 2010. As the mighty Chinese realm was humiliated by merely 44 armed British ships, other powers sought to exploit the circumstances as well. In the subsequent Second Opium War, the British, the French and the Americans gained a dozen additional trading ports that allowed them unrestricted access throughout all of China. Furthermore, Christianity, along with opium, was legalized. Meanwhile, Russia annexed the northeastern territories of China, which is present-day Vladivostok and Sakhalin Island. In a remarkably short span of time, European nations, which were once perceived as distant visitors, had carved up a regional coalition in Asia and now threatened to subjugate the Middle Kingdom. All in all, the unfavorable terms of surrender were a painful embarrassment for the ruling elite of China. By 1887, additional concessions were made. The Qing government ceded the port city of Macau for perpetual occupation by Portugal. Furthermore, in the same year, the Yellow River flood claimed the lives of roughly 900,000 people, while an additional 2 million were left homeless. As famine and pandemic spread across the land and foreign encroachment closed in, China experienced a period of severe social unrest. In 1894 and 1895, the Jing Dynasty lost influence over the Korean Peninsula and the island of Taiwan. A Japanese force of 240,000 troops dealt the 630,000 strong Chinese army a devastating blow. By the end of the Chinese-Japanese War, the former ceded Korea and Taiwan in perpetuity. Eventually, in 1899, the situation reached its peak. A group of civilians formed the Boxer Militia and sought to end the colonization of China and halt the spread of Christianity, the latter which became analogous to foreign presence. Empress Sichi watched as the militia converged to Beijing in support of her. Feeling emboldened and eager to demonstrate her resolve, she threw her weight behind the Boxer militia and declared war on the United Kingdom, Russia, France, Japan, Germany, Austria, Netherlands, Italy and the United States, all of which threatened the Chinese dynasty's control of the realm. 
However, the Empress's measures fell short. The nine nations responded in kind and deployed an army of 20,000 troops on the outskirts of the Chinese capital. The sophisticated militaries swiftly defeated the Chinese Imperial Army as well as the Boxer rebels in 1801. The final result was dramatic. Major cities such as Tianjin and Beijing were occupied and pillaged for over a year. The atrocities that were committed against the local population were exceptionally ruthless. The turn of events transpired so rapidly that it exceeded the grasp of the ruling dynasty. Then, in 1912, the final imperial dynasty of China was overthrown in a revolution. The emperor was forced to abdicate power and the country transformed to a democratic Democratic Republic. There was a brief moment of optimism when Sun Yat-sen was declared the president of the new republic. However, contrary to popular expectations, over the next 30 years, China experienced mass unrest from within. Regional warlords rose up in arms and undermined the authority of the central government. Sun, who led the ruling party, the Kuomintang, managed to unify the minor revolutionary groups into a single coalition who shared the same ideals, and this included the Communist Party. When Sun passed away in 1925, the alliance between the Kuomintang and the Communist Party fell apart and a vicious civil war broke out. As China focused inwards, Russian and Japanese forces violated China's sovereignty by invading the Manchuria region in the 1930s. In the wow, same they period, were getting raped from all sides. Yep, yep. Holy smokes, so, everybody was taking advantage, advantage of them. Advantage of them, exactly. China, I guess this is why you... Mao rose to power. And this is what they're trying to, this is what they're uh, foreshadowing here. Left a devastating death toll of nearly 4 million people. China, in a sense, was in utter chaos. By 1934, the Communist Party and its leader, Mao Zedong, were nearly defeated and forced to retreat east. However, for much of the time the Kuomintang had tried to crush the communists, a large portion of the country was left unattended. Then, in 1937, Japan invaded the remainder of China. The Kuomintang suffered defeat after defeat. In the city of Nanking, Japanese forces abused and killed up to 300,000 soldiers and citizens. The atrocities became known as the Nanking Massacre and marked a turning point in the relations between Beijing and Tokyo. I didn't know about that. Did you know about yeah, that? Yeah, I did, actually. In the 1940s, the circumstances had reversed. The Communist Party, led by Mao, took advantage of the economic disparity between the wealthy coastal cities and the poor eastern provinces. He recruited peasants to fill the ranks of the army and set march for the coastline. For the first time in a long time, a Chinese military force was able to successfully stand up to foreign aggression. Eventually, the Communist Party drove the Japanese as well as the Kuomintang off the mainland of China. The leaders of the Kuomintang left with approximately 2 million people to the island of Taiwan, where they still maintain the republic. Mm. Taiwan is in this as well. Of China. Meanwhile, in the mainland the of Chinese Asia, lost Mao a lot. Declared... You hear that? So the, the Taiwan at this time mm. maintained the republic. While China turned communist, 
Taiwan maintained the Republic of China. Right. In the Republic of China. Meanwhile, in the end of Asia, Mao declared the People's Republic of China, but soon entangled his country in the Korean War. In 1958, Mao introduced the Great Leap Forward Policy, which sought to restructure the economy by industrializing the rural areas of China. As such, so here all he private starts playing farms the long were game. confiscated mm -hmm. and placed under the the care of the government. Millions of people were relocated from the agricultural sector to work in various factories. Officials of the Communist Party, who were under pressure to perform, exchanged crops for heavy machinery from the Soviet Union and overstated the production output. The ultimate result was a widespread famine that lasted from 1959 to 1961 and claimed the lives of roughly 23 to 55 million people. The wow. failure of the Great Leap Forward resulted in a steady economic decline that lasted more than 20 years. Now the years famine was because leadership. they stopped agriculture right? and they went into uh, factories and, and producing and stuff. Producing stuff. Right. Abilities were called into question and practically stepped down as the state chairman of the People's Republic of China. Mao still remained the official and symbolic leader, but he took a backseat in the government. True power lay with the general secretary, Deng Xiaoping, who set out to rectify the failures of the Great Leap Forward policy. In 1966, Mao mounted a political comeback and sought to retake control from the political elite. He believed that in order to eliminate his rivals within the Communist Party, he had to introduce a state of perpetual revolution. In this framework, Mao launched the Cultural Revolution. The chairman galvanized the lower class of the society, which included frustrated students, farmers, soldiers, workers, and more, and advocated them to denounce and challenge the authorities. A paramilitary movement known as the Red Guards mobilized throughout the country and targeted anything that was traditional, such as buildings and artifacts, but they also subjected teachers, employers, and intellectuals to humiliation and violence. Millions more were effectively executed purpose. Mao's consolidation of power under the guise of the Cultural Revolution worked. He retained full control of the state and party until his death in 1976. However, the legacy of his decisions are still felt to this day. It took the succeeding rulers decades to undo his work. All in all, for most of the 20th century, China has been shared of the communist government. In turn, the perception of the communist party is rooted in the post-opium war era, which is recognized as the century of humiliation. As such, so, the time frame between 1839 and 1939 played a fundamental role in shaping the modern geopolitical of China. In fact, in modern times, Beijing counts 21 agreements that were signed during the century of humiliation as the unfair treaties. 
so hardened by the past, for China there is no valid reason to trust outside forces or international commitments. In fact, the majority of policymakers in Beijing believe that international law is merely an instrument to keep China in check and vulnerable. Most of the Chinese decision-making body adheres. You can imagine that they think international law is mainly there to keep China in check and vulnerable. Right. I mean, and with that perspective, gone, you know, so what they've gone through over the years. So that's a that's the uh, century of humiliation. So that gives you an idea of like that's a nice little civic uh, lesson for our viewers. I mean, this is looking civics from the Chinese per- perspective, right? So now going back into the game, go. Right, because now we're learning that they're trying to. So we're they're taking away our uh, our uh, manufacturing, right, mm-hmm. by providing cheap labor, right. And then I've looked into some of the things that they like, like some companies that uh, China owns, and it's pretty alarming. China is owning more and more of America without even our knowledge i mean just look if you want to see how much china is playing the long game check how many square miles they own in american territory all right i believe i have that here so uh yes New York Post, um, it says here, Chinese investors own 384,000 acres of U.S. land. That's an alarming amount. Nearly twice the size of New York City. That's an alarming amount. And that's what they, but check this out. acreage. That they own, right? So that's acreage of what they own. But check this out here. These are list of companies secretly owned by China. You have Tesla, Microsoft, GM, Uber. So it says here some brands that uh, you may think are uh, quintessentially American are actually owned or overseen by Chinese investment conglomerates. It's not always obvious until you see it yourself. Even sports clubs, oh, let's make this bigger for the audience here so that they can read this. <clears throat> so it says here, um, quintessentially American are actually owned by and or overseen by Chinese investment conglomerates. It's not always obvious until you see it for yourself. Even sports clubs have some interesting stakeholders. America is home to many companies that is true titans of industry, from General Electric to General Motors. All of these thriving businesses help buoy the economy where it it needs it. But even these giants need to get their money from somewhere. Investments come from across the globe, but China is always looking to America to try and create fruitful partnerships if that means saving a floundering floundering brand then so be it read on to find out 
which of Uncle Sam's most influential companies are backed by some surprising businesses? General Electric is own, uh, is headquartered in Qingdao, China. Bought by Hair. Uh, Hire. Um, it says here, so General Electric, AMC. Bought by Dailan uh, Dai Wanda Group. Headquarters in Beijing, China. So AMC Theaters is owned by China. Uh, Smithfield Foods, bought by WH Group, which is headquartered in Hong Kong. Wow, Smithfield. Smithfield. Um, Wardorf, Wardorf. The oh, Waldorf Astoria Hotel. <laughs> I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> Waldorf Astoria. You're lucky I don't know how to work that board. Well, yeah, that pow pow. Pow, 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 pow. Because uh, I would be making a little R&B little. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you have that uh, own, uh, headquarters in Beijing, China. Wow, the even Waldorf. the Waldorf. Oh, my God. Uh, IBM personal computer division. That I knew. Bought by Lenovo, Quarry Bay, Hong Kong. Uh, General Motors used to be headquartered in Detroit, Michigan. Um, now in Shanghai. Shanghai, China. Owned by the Shanghai Automotive Industry Corp. What was that? The Shanghai Automotive Industry oh. Corp. <laughs> um, there was a little pop out there, but I'll let you explain. <laughs> Spotify, where Joe Rogan's on, is bought by Tencent Holdings LTD, which is why we're on podcasting 2.0 which is not uh, owned by any chinese company <clears throat> um tesla owned by uh tencent holdings LTD. again um snapchat owned by tencent holdings ltd again yo these people are microsoft corp corp uh, bought by FIH Mobile Ltd and HMD Global. So you, as you can see, I'm going down the list New here. Taipei. Wow. They are slowly creeping Do in. Do we own anything anymore? They're creeping in on everything. Hilton Hotels. Oh my. Bought God. by HNA Group called Ltd. Haiku China is headquartered. Uh, we work Legend Holdings Corp, Beijing, China. Sotheby's, bought by Sotheby's, Kang Life Insurance Co. Ltd. Oh my God! Headquarters in Beijing, China. The famous Sotheby's. The famous is- Sotheby's is Chinese. Starplex Cinemas, uh, headquartered in Dallas, Texas, is bought by Dailan Wanda Group Corp. and Ltd. in uh, Beijing, China. Narnia, Western Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Alliance Healthcare Services, um, uh, headquartered in Fujian, China. Um, Segway Inc. Beijing, China. Beijing, China. Oh, the 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 actual yeah, the Segways, the Segways, Riot Games, uh. 
bought by Tencent Holdings. Riot Games is best known for the creator of League of Legends, a multiplayer online battle extravaganza that pits even the quintessential convenience shops, Seven Eleven, owned by By China. China. Wow. Uber Technologies. Bought by Baidu Inc., headquartered in Beijing, China. Uh, Brookstone. My um, God, even Brookstone. Uh, Motorola Mobility Holdings Inc. Wasn't Motorola a uh, uh, a military corp uh, corporation? One of these like yeah, Motorola was the they were first to have those backpack, I believe, for, in Vietnam. So Motorola owned by. Lenovo Group or by China? Well, that I knew. Um, Dairy Farmers of America. Jesus Christ. Even the milk? <laughs> yep. Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, that was what it used to be. Inner Mongolia Yili Industrial Group Co. LTD. Headquartered in Hohat, China. Uh, Fab.com, Inc., don't know what that is. Don't know that either, but Tencent Holdings old, owns that. Being the online design industry is tough as the competition is uh, is out there. Well, we get the it's point. Stiff, we get the point. Yeah. Everything is owned by China. Uh, California Grapes International. Even uh, wine, for Christ's Cleveland sake. Cavaliers. The, the basketball group? <laughs> yep. The basketball team owned by China. Are you freaking kidding me? Cleveland Cavaliers. And where's Cleveland? Ohio. Remember last? Remember the 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 thought process I had that maybe this whole Palestine mm. is is a setup. Uh, Mochi Media Inc. Um, let's see what else. Lending. Uh, Lending Club Corp. Uh, Electrolux. Wow. Even the Fisker Cleaners. Fisker Automotive. Uh, Lexmark International. Uh, Fidelity and Guarantee of Life. Even insurance companies, for Christ's sake. Next VR Inc. Next VR, Zulily. Never heard of them. Zulily is like uh, online shopping. Uh, Shop Runner Inc. Jennifer Convertibles. My God, even Jennifer Convertibles. EIG Global Energy Partners. Uh, so uh, EIG Global Energy Partners with the latest in life. Uh, latest in a long line of companies gratefully receiving help from the Chinese investors. China Investment uh, Group acquired min- um, minority stake in Washington-based company. It is not known how big the stake was. Uh, Pocket Gems. So as you can see here, Legendary Entertainment. Oh, Legendary. The the, the movie. Uh, Hollywood. Um, yeah, Legendary. That I knew. Is China. Lot of studios. Natural Point Inc. Uh, Even Flow. Even Flow, the 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 baby, uh, the baby uh, car seat manufacturer. 
Uh, strategic hotels and resorts. Uh, I guess the Intercontinental is one of them. Um, uh, one World Star International Holdings LTE, LTD. Sotheby's. The, the rights to the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Dearborn Midwest Co. LLC. Uh, Omnivision Technologies. Oh, look, Hunter Biden in technology. <laughs> Baby Trend, Inc., <laughs> Cheapskake Energy Corp. Uh, Chesapeake. Oh, Chesapeake? That's not one. Cheesecake. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chesapeake. <laughs> I was reading it too fast. Uh, University of Texas and the Anderson Cancer Center. So a whole cancer center they have in uh, in Texas. Uh, for uh, Micro RX Pharmaceuticals. Uh, Sea World, um, 21st Century Fox is owned by them. Yeah, uh, that I knew. Starwood Capital Group, Warner Music, Reddit. My mother is addicted to Reddit. <laughs> uh, Eland Footwear. Okay, so this GNC. is... GNC. Wow, I didn't know GNC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. GNC, Noble Learning Communities, Carl... All right already. All right. <laughs> All right. Airbnb. This is overkill. Next tier automotive. How much do they own of ours? Almost everything. Boston Power. And they, and they think... Look at this. Boston Power bought by Chinese government. And you think that they're going to make a dent? The United States is going to make a dent wow. by not allowing um, TikTok on government phones. It says when Boston Power moved 90% of its operations from Westboro to Beijing, the local staff were understand, understandably put out. While the company had applied for a grant from the U.S., it was denied. As a result, the Chinese government stepped in and bailed the company out with $125 million. Wow. So even the power company. Uh, Omnilytics, <clears throat> Ironshore Inc., uh, International Data Group, Magic Leap, New Egg is a computer company, Epic Games, another, uh, they do Fortnite, uh, Starwood Hotels, Global Solar Energy Solar, which is the Sheraton Starwood that we knew. I talk Global Communications, Lyft, that I knew. So they own both Uber and Lyft, SoFi, Volvo, that Lionsgate, another Hollywood company, Trans Pacific Energy Inc., Studio Eight. Switchbox Labs, and that and and that's the last of it. So seventy six con- uh, companies are beholden to the Chinese Chinese government. government, and their brands that I mean Smithfield. We 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 see that on the on their shelves. Or Lenovo or Microsoft. Oh, 77 or- Paramount Supplement Company. <laughs> no, that is the one. That is the one that they cannot get into. Don't say never. They start waving the almighty dollar in front of us. Gonna- I'm not going to. I'm not. Are you going to fall for it? 
Damn, I need this studio upgraded. See, this is why we need. But yeah, I we mean, need donations because we don't want to fall prey because of the almighty dollar. <laughs> yeah, so prevent us from going to the dark side. <laughs> so, what do you think of this little rabbit hole we went down here? Um, I mean. Let's be honest, we knew about it already. Mm. And this is just in the U.S. Uh, if you go down into South America, um, I've heard that Chinese companies own almost all the portable, drinkable water. And that was another thing. You know, there's there's parts of... Uh, They're in Australia. They're doing shit in Australia. Africa, they they own Africa. Yeah, yeah. To the point that they made a bullet train in Africa. Mm -hmm. So, if you can see, they they're all over the globe. Mm -hmm. They're all over the globe, but they're they're prolific, and they're doing go. They're expanding while uh, pushing our or. Stopping but our they, expansion. But if you, if you, if you, as you were rent, as you were like going by, mm -hmm. right, with all these companies, what they do is they wait until a company is in dire straits mm -hmm. and they swoop in. Now, we're at the end of our podcast. Um, but before we, we start, you know, winding it down, mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that what I heard briefly on the radio, mm -hmm. maybe I'm making, but I think Target is on the way out. Oh, really? Let's see. Let's see. <clears throat> Target closing thirteen locations. Oh, okay, so it was it was only thirteen locations. So then, so Target just went from uh, great to bad to ugly. It says here, this was mm. published. Hmm. Well, but, but it says here, but the worst may be over. This was published uh, August twentieth of uh, August twentieth of twenty twenty two. Um, no, I heard something recently with Target. Let's see. Let me uh, put some uh, filters. Well, while you here. look for that, let me give uh, a shout out to my peoples on Facebook. Christopher, thank you for tuning in. Go to thepyramid.com, T H E P A R A M I D, and you can see us live and you can see all the bells and whistles as uh, Pablo is. Uh, fishing and trolling through the internet um rocio 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 it sounded like a white boy rocio rocio thank you for watching and my boy my brother from another mother mario yo long time no see man you know i got much love for you we went through a lot when we were in uh high school <laughs> Again, you could watch us now every it, it Tuesday. It sounds like that you're late. That you're uh, uh, revealing to the to the audience of the cast a bunch of poos. Yeah, no, these. <laughs> well, I can't blame them because these. Um, 
it's I rarely transmit through Facebook. Well, so, now we've been we uh, you're um plugged in here. Um so you for the last couple of casts here, you've been uh plugged into their to your Facebook. We've been okay, so the then full I, cast. I, I I'm not saying they're well at pools cuz you know these these people are <laughs> you are Bobo Longos. You gotta get so them. Christopher, Rocio, and Mario, you are Bobo Longos. <laughs> now, if you go to the pyramid dot com and Bobo you, Longo. Bobo Longo, you guys are Bobo Longos. But if you go to the pyramid shop dot com no, I'm sorry, to the pyramid. Is the pyramid shop dot com still? It's, it's the pyramid dot com. What about the pyramid shop? Pyramid shop dot com is connected to the Shopify, so we're still working that out. Okay, so you go to the pyramid dot com and that's para P A R A. Not pyramid. Pyramid. P A R A M I D dot com. And if you guys purchase some supplements such as these, which I take every day, optimal, and then we have Brain Boost. These are all infused with uh, mushrooms, which is our, which is great for your health. Or you buy some of our delicious uh, fungi company coffee. Uh, you upgrade it to a Verdugo. And now you're not a Bobolongo no more. And depending on the purchase you make, Else, you might even get a badge. You might be a freeman. You might be a headsman. You might be an inquisitor or my favorite, an oath breaker. <laughs> so welcome aboard, guys. Thank you for listening. And we shall continue with our, as we wind it down towards the end of our show. Yes. Yeah, so we've reached um, the, towards the end of the show. And this is just a little for those of you who are watching the video. And I hate to cut you off. Just wanted to remind everybody, this is our year anniversary. That's right. Our 40th show. That's right. Which are all available at theparamid.com in audio and video form. That's right. That's right. And you can see it all here at theparamid.com. It brings you right over to our Substack. And we've been uh, um, doing a little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, and by the way, to our bubble longos that are watching us on Facebook right now, which is Christopher, Rocio, and Mario, to be upgraded to Verdugo without a badge, I must stipulate, without a badge, you just make a comment on what we're talking about and you get grandfathered in into the Verdugo status. And another way to uh, get to the Verdugo status is simply to donate. How you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? And this shit don't, money don't grow on trees. She don't fire the Come on, man. How you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? They shit don't, money don't grow on trees. She don't fall out the sky, nigga. Now I'm wondering something, by the way. Uh-huh. 
Um, these Bobolongos that are watching me on Facebook, they're watching me through my feed, but I'm linked, right? You said I'm linked. Mm -hmm. Could they be listening to everything that? Yes, they can hear everything uh, that we hear. Even though I'm transmitting live through my Facebook account? Yes. So they're right now they're seeing what you're doing. Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, guys, if you are seeing what's what uh, Pablo Morado is doing on the back end with the you know the videos and the audios and the little uh, um, little sound bites, let me know if you're listen if you're hearing that because I'm interested. Come on, man. <laughs> I want to know what birthday I- to you. <laughs> I want to know if you guys are experiencing the full gist of the show. So your comments will be appreciated. Yes. And now we reached uh, the segment that we all love, and that's the UFO segment. Ah, yes. My <laughs> favorite topic. Yes. So uh, some interesting stuff has been uh, revealed um, have you heard of anything new with the uh, UFO? Actually, yes. And let me go into my Trello. Uh, let me see. I've heard about a politician. Let me see if I let me see if I put it up here. Uh, could it be under the no? Am I in the wrong? Let me see. Maybe. I put it under the prep board, maybe, but. Oh, while you're looking for that, there's something else that I want to bring up here. Because uh, uh, we were talking about China and I was going through some of the, the stuff here on the Trello. One thing I didn't go over, but I think it's pretty interesting, is that you're hearing more and more about these 15 minute cities, right? Um. I'm not the only one hearing about this, right? You've heard about the 15-minute cities? 15-minute cities? Yeah. I'm not aware, no. So the 15-minute city uh, is what they're trying to do. Um, I believe it was, uh, let's see. Uh, I believe it was France that started off. Uh, So... Uh, let's see here. So they're they're looking to create 15-minute cities, and there are cities that basically can do anything within 15 minutes. You know, your grocery store, your job, everything mm-hmm. is within 15 minutes. Uh, it's a new form of urbanization. Um, it says here, the 15-minute city is an urban planning concept in which most daily necessities and services such as work, shopping, education, healthcare, leisure, can be reached by a 15-minute walk or bike ride from any point in the city. This approach aims to reduce car dependency, promote healthy and sustainable living, and improve the overall quality of life for city dwellers. Implementing the 15-minute city concept requires a multidisciplinary approach involving transportation, planning, urban designing, and policymaking to create well-designed public spaces, pedestrian-friendly streets, and mixed-use developments. 
This change in lifestyle may include remote working, which reduces daily commuting and is supported by the recent widespread availability of of information and communication technology, ICT. The concept has been described as the return to a local way of life. So this is a 15-minute city, how it's being marketed as. But uh, really quickly, check out how uh, China implements uh, 15-minute cities here. Uh, It says 15-minute cities in China, each neighborhood zone. Uh, uh, Hold on. Let uh, Let me just quickly... It says 15-minute cities in in China, each neighborhood zone is separated by a fence with an entrance gate being guarded. If you want to get in or out of your zone, you need permission and a face scan. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. This is like being in a FEMA camp. You see, you got to go walk through these gates. You got to go through a face scan. Oh, this is scary. That's going from like, from like Boston to Holyoke or from like, you got to go through a gate. You got to go through a gate. And then get face recognized. Uh Oh my God. Folks, are you seeing this stuff? Then you're allowed to go through, and then now you have, you're able to access the other city. Public restrooms in China require a face scan in exchange for toilet paper. <laughs> you're gonna need like a personal easy pass. Like... <laughs> yep, you need the face scan. For toilet paper. They they need to know when you use the bathroom. Chinese vending machine, pay with your face. Go back, go back. Well, this is uh, Instagram, so I can't Ah, go back. It says Chinese vending machine, pay with your face. Cost of the drink is automatically deducted from your bank account via your digital wallet. Remember, China also has the social credit score system. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So you want something, you just look at it, and they charge you for it. Cashless society in full swing. Boom. You're charged. Scores are already being pushed if they want, already being punished, rather, if they want to travel. Nearly 11 million Chinese people can no longer fly, and 4 million are barred from trains. Next week, the program will start expanding nationwide. Ben Tracy is in China with what's behind the government's scoring system. Ben, this sounds like scary stuff. Good morning. Good morning. The government here says it is trying to purify society by rewarding those who are trustworthy and punishing those who are not. So like the credit score that most Americans get for how they handle their finances, Chinese citizens are now getting social credit scores based on everything from whether they pay their taxes on time to how they cross the street. 
When Liu Hu recently tried to book a flight, he was told he was banned from flying because he's on the list of untrustworthy people. Liu was a journalist who was ordered by a court to apologize for a series of tweets he wrote and was then told his apology was insincere. I can't buy property. My child so can't go to private school, he yeah. says. This is what we ain't gonna be able to travel. <laughs> this is what they're gonna. This is what they're gonna put in place. Oh my! This is what God. they're working on. That 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 game of go is is slowly reaching, and that's where you get the SVB bank collapse, right? This collapse of the banks. What they want, what they're hoping for, is for that people to be like. Uh, what's going on with our money? Let's start taking out our money. When, uh, when that happens, you have a run on banks, which means that people start uh, rushing to get their money out of their banks. Then it starts, the, it opens up the, the mentality of people to say, oh my God, uh, my uh, the banks only has 10% of my money. They don't even have the whole thing. And once those things start to collapse, they're going to come in and the the central bank is going to come in and say, look, we're going to fix everything. But everybody needs to be on uh, central bank digital currency. Um, it might be called the Fed, Fed now or, or something uh, like uh, the Amero or something. There's going to be called some kind of uh, thing to replace the dollar. And Again. I, I hate to make the statement, but AJ is right once again. Yep. So and that's... sorry, folks, if you don't understand the acronym, <laughs> you're going to have to find out who AJ is. He's now, one of our favorite people. So now we're going into the, the, the UFO, UFO segment. Okay, so I got this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is on... On News Channel Three, but I, I I got the I got the report from another source. Okay, Pentagon's officials speculate alien mothership could be sending mini probes to Earth, mm. and this is coming from the Pentagon. Um, Pentagon officials released a, a draft document saying aliens might be visiting the solar system. And releasing small probes, probes to study planets like Earth. The draft research report is authorized by Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, and Abraham Loeb, the chairman of Harvard Astronomy Department. This is huge, by the mm. way. This is almost uh, well, that, that an affirmation that what we know, because it's not what we speculate anymore, mm. is what we know. That there, there's UFOs there's, flying around. Yes, that we are being visited. Well, I have something here. This is what I wanted to show you. So check this out. But before you say that, let me just read this last quote. Um... An artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probe probes during its close passage to Earth, the reporter said. Hmm. So this is... And this is coming from the Pentagon. 
This ain't AJ stuff. In right. Japan, this ain't coast I to coast. No idea. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, you know, that's the Pentagon. So uh, I, this video that I have here corroborates that. Um, I had it here. Let me just pull it up. Okay, here we go. So check out. Because they're, they're saying that there's a big mothership releasing probes, right? Right. Is this the probes? Hmm. Uh. Man, this looks like something out of, like... This is crazy. Do you know where this is? What what part of the uh, United States is this coming from? Uh, it says here. Let's see. Jeez. Ashanti and her new uh, crew spotted some unidentified objects in the sky. Um, not sure, but this is Ashanti. She Ashanti. Took do you know who Ashanti is? No, I don't. Um, let me see here. See if I find something. Ashanti. Give you a good look of what she looks like. She's a famous singer. Um Oh, yes, I know who she is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so... I didn't know they were referring to her. She taped this? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, so this is her video. Um, so let's see. This is... Uh, let me see if I... Huh. Oops, I'm sorry. Uh -oh. <laughs> Everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Okay. I was just pulling up another UFO report. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, Ashanti's uh, UFO video. She actually has video instead of just saying that she saw one. Uh, now, that kind of reminds me of uh, something I heard over the news. I mean, it could be a cover-up mm. uh, uh, trying to uh, refute this video. But that people saw something of that similar thing, and they said that it was uh, space debris being released by the International Space Station. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, going on the same vein, if you go to YouTube, uh, mm -hmm. something happened in Hawaii where they saw a UFO um enter waters which is kind of kind of fascinating hmm i got this this is not uh this is a month ago uh let's see supposedly a, a ufo crash in the waters of hawaii And this is a constant thing happening over Hawaii, so by the way. So it says, a this is a CBS. A mysterious spiral appears in the night sky over Hawaii. Look at that. 
That ain't no satellite. You see? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. What in heaven's name is that? Whoa, you saw that? Wow. Oh, Oh, wait a minute. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? What? Where? As the as you're focused on the spiral, uh huh. Replay the video. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, you're watching the the dot, right? Uh huh. Look to your right. Mm-hmm. Do you see like these? Is these stars are moving? Like, seeing. On the right hand side? Yeah, yeah. Are those stars or planes? I don't know what that is, but it's like this is time lapse, right? Yeah. Things are oh, these could be satellites. Huh. But what what was, that? was that? What was that? It moves. And then it just Turns into this is uh, in, in wow, this is in Hawaii. That's a crazy phenomenon. So, there's a lot of things going on in the celestial uh, skies from what we've we know UFOs are coming and the aliens are visiting us. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, a lot of like chatter going on about the moon. And how the moon might not be what we think it is. We've speculated how the moon by, might be hollow. Right. How the moon might have been brought, mm-hmm. you know, to where it's at to stabilize Earth mm-hmm. and provide life. But now there's some people that have heard some chatter that this might there might be some truth to this that it's hollow i heard that there was like some kind of base on the inside that they're they're finding strain the way from what i heard it on coast to coast they're like somebody's leaving messages on the surface of the moon that is reminiscent of like an SOS. Like really? right, like help us kind mm. of a deal. That there are people like they might be some people stranded there. Now, who in the hell is stranded on the moon? Could mm. this be like a holding station? Oh man, for a holding station. Yeah, for I don't know. This is the chatter I'm hearing. Hmm. And there was, let me see if I can find the name of this. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things going around with uh, UFOs. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing things. I'm hearing uh, interesting things about uh, more stuff being uh, revealed or, or shown. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they ever 
have this disclosure that they're, you know, that we are dangerously close to full disclosure because it looks like it's getting to a point where the aliens and these UFOs don't care anymore. Right. If they're well, if we're at the brink of uh, World War Three, I think what I think what happens is because, you know, one of the things I was learning about is that uh, remember how we discussed with the warlock about quantum entanglements? Yes. And how you take a one particle on this side and, you know, there's another particle on the other side of the, the globe that you affect that you affect. Well, apparently. Uh, blowing up nuclear missiles might have an effect somewhere else in the galaxy where mm. it might be that they're quantumly entangled and these uh, UFOs, these alien species are coming to us and saying that they're trying to prevent this from happening because coincidentally they're entangled with what we do on their planet. So by us igniting, blowing up a nuclear missile, it, 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 it the ripples hurt them and their planet, regardless of how far they are because of quantum entanglement. So That's interesting. So, I mean, I'm not sure how true that is, but there's a lot of things. So I got another one here, another interesting UFO. Uh, I got two two interesting UFOs that that were filmed here. I also heard that there was a uh, 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 black triangles coming out of the Popocatépetl uh, volcano in Mexico, which oh. is a hot spot. Yeah, and I think we discussed that on the last. Uh, hey, that, I believe we did. Yes, but yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, um, thing that's going on by volcanoes. Uh, but whatever, like I've said before, uh, I believe I said that on the on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. People in South America, you talk to them about, you know, ovnis and UFOs, and oh, they're they they it's a common thing for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Colombia, they have a whole supposedly a meteorite right in Opinion uh, de Guatape, so. That's you know, I want to. I want to do a whole podcast on that <laughs> on the Peñón of Guatepe and finding out the the true. I mean, I was there. I saw and you it, climbed it, and I climbed it. But I want to find out, and if anybody's, you know, because you never know who's listening, right? If anybody has uh, information. On the Peñón of Guatepe, is this a meteorite or or not? Right. Supposedly, the locals believe that it that it is a meteorite. Be- okay. Because the reason I want to know if this is a meteorite, Google the worth of a meteorite. Okay. And you're going to see how much money you can get if you find a meteorite. Uh, since meteorites could be worth a lot of money driven uh, by significant interest from interest from collectors around the world. How much is a meteorite worth? At auction, meteorites can range into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
although many sell for just a few thousand. Imagine we're talking about something that you probably can hold in your hand. Right. Right. Imagine the Peñon or Guatepe. If that's a meteorite. So it says here, how much is one pound meteor uh, meteorite worth? Stone meteorites are worth between $2 and $20 per gram, but could exceed $1,000 per gram. That per mean, gram? It could exceed, yeah. That means a one-pound iron meteorite could be worth more than $2,000, while one-pound stone meteorite could uh, get you $9,000. So how do you know if it's a meteorite? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question, but it, uh, so stone seems to be more, more, uh, um, so all meteorites made out of iron or not? I guess not. It says that the, there's a uh, iron and stone meteorite. So now just for our audience, uh, what deep fake is, mm-hmm. but in, in, I think it was in some election, some guy ran uh, a candidate through a deep fake, and it went through. Oh, really? <laughs> in the oh, state of Rhode Island. Wow. Uh, let me see here. Just trying to get up uh, chat. And they're, and they're saying that chat GPT. What is it called? Chat GPT? How mm-hmm. do I- Chat GPT. There are people that are trying that have like done like mock bar exams mm-hmm. and they've run it through chat GPT and they passed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> and the new one chat GPT four is look, look how much faster it is. Wow. This is the new one. El Pinon de Guatape is a massive rock formation located in Guatape, a small town in the department of Antioquia, Colombia, which I visited personally. It is also known as La La Piedra de Peñón, or simply La Piedra, uh, which translates to the Rock of Peñón, which stands at 220 meters, 720 feet tall, and is comprised of granite. The unique geological formation has become popular tourist attraction in Colombia, and visitors can climb the 740 steps to the top of the stunning views of the surrounding landscape, including the Guatape Reservoir at the base of the rock. There are also various restaurants, souvenir shops, and other tourist amenities. El Peñón de Guatape is considered a cultural icon and a symbol of the region, and it has been designated a national monument by the Colombian government. Now, what did you ask ChatGPT? What was the question you what put? What is El Peñón? But I want to put, is El Peñón, uh, uh, is El Peñón de Guatape totally contradictory? It contradicts everything they told you in Colombia. Yeah. Am I correct? Exactly. What did they tell you in Colombia? In Colombia, they told me it was a meteorite. That it came down. And, and uh, it buried itself in that region. Yeah. And because of that is why there's like a, a divot. Yeah. So uh, uh, let me put in.
Okay. Okay, here it says, a, uh, a tourist favorite is the giant rock La Pierda de Peñol in Guatepe. It definitely looks out of this world. Local legend states that the huge rock nestled between Guatepe and El Peñol may have been a meteorite. Uh, Curtis being uh, the accuracy of the fanatic in our little duel assures me that this is definitely not a meteorite. So let me see here. Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's just show our viewers what is El Peñón because people have probably never seen this before. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'll give you a look of what. And you climbed to the top. Am I correct? Yes, I did. This is what it looks like here. How much space is up there? Uh, a decent amount, yeah. In, in comparison to a football field? Uh, I would say maybe like half a football field up there. And how long did it take you to climb up there? Well, it, it took us a little bit longer because... Um, it was crowded. Not only because it was well, first of all, the steps are really steep, so it, it it's it, it feels like you're literally climbing the side of a mountain almost. Like, but I think it's in the Empire State Building. I wanted to do that for a long time, run up those staircases, mm. but I can't do that no more, and I'm <laughs> definitely not going up that Watepe. Is there like a railing around or something? Not, no, not really. What? Yeah, it's just out. You're. Oh no, <laughs> you are brave. Because let oh, me it was tell an experience. you, I I climbed up Chichen Itza, the Chichen Itza mm -hmm. pyramid, and that is pretty steep. You virtually got to climb the same way you climb Guatepe. Mm -hmm. it, you, it looks easy when you look at the picture of the Chichen Itza. Right. I'll put up a, a picture of Chichen Itza. Okay. Which is, a, uh, since we're following the UFO vein, um, our favorite topic, by the way, which is why we're called the theparamid.com. This all stems from our, my fascination of the UFO phenomena. Um, I went up the 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 main pyramid in Chichen Itza which is um um the pyramid of the Kulkulkan you see you see how that it looks like ah that's an easy climb yeah that thing is steep mm. and once i got up there i didn't want to tell him, um the warlock cuz i was with the warlock okay I didn't want to tell the warlock. Uh, I don't see how am I going to get down from here. Because <laughs> the thing is, when you're going up, you just mm -hmm. concentrate it on the next step, the next step, the right. next step, the next step. And you have to go down. But when you're going down, this thing looks almost vertical. Mm. And the steps blend with each other. Mm. So I was like, how... I was shitting bricks. I was like, how? And well, it, I was like that with El Pinon because I recommend, highly recommend to go see Chichen Itza. Mm. It is absolutely stunning. And you go up there and 
you see the hieroglyphs left by the by the Mayans. It's, mm. it's an incredible thing to see. But now I'm stuck up there, and I don't want to tell the warlock <laughs> how the fuck do I get down. Mm. And now thinking of it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I was with the warlock because mm. I went there twice. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went once with Derwin mm. and the second time with the warlock. Now, I believe when I went with the, with Derwin, I didn't go up. I went up with the warlock. Mm. So to my relief, because I was looking like, is there an elevator down? Mm -hmm. Is there a way I can get down via elevator? Mm -hmm. And then I saw um, an elderly person making her way down. So what they did was they hung a rope anchored at the top of the pyramid mm -hmm. all the way down as a guide. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was able to go down by holding onto the rope and going step. By step, mm. by step, by there's no rope in in the in the, the peñon, right? No, no, no rope at all. <sighs> <laughs> you just gotta grab onto the side of the rock. You're a better man than me. <laughs> well, I have another uh, UFO. Would you like to see it? Yeah, let's end the show with a nice UFO report. All right, here we go. This is in Dover Beach, New Jersey, another hot spot. All right, yeah, here we go. Now you're saying Dover Beach. This oh wow, this wasn't too long. Look, uh, ways below, and look at how big. Uh... And we watched you guys land on the moon. No, which you didn't. Was... No, you didn't. What? Because uh, uh, there wasn't any television. There wasn't. Any... Jade was there at nighttime. Really? King was there at nighttime. And it was her and her wife, mm -hmm. right? They're sitting at the beach, and they're seeing this illuminated thing in the sky. And they were watching, watching. This thing is getting bigger. It's glowing all kind of colors. Mm. And it spooked them enough to say, you know what? We're going back. Because it was there. It was like, it wasn't like, a sighting where it's there and then poof. Right, right. This thing was lingering around. Mm. And they got so spooked that they went back into the room. And they were they were shaking. I could imagine. They were shaking. I could imagine. So. And then I have one more. This was uh, also recent. This was spotted in Atlanta, Georgia. Mmm. And we watched you guys land on the moon. No, which you was, didn't. No, you didn't. What? Because uh, uh, there wasn't any television. There wasn't anybody taking a picture. You watched animation. What is this? Look at that. And we watched you guys land on the moon. No, which wow. was, no, didn't. What? Okay. Because, uh, so uh, we're going to end it with this. Uh, animation. Guess who has provided the clearest picture 
of a UFO ever to hit the mainstream media? Uh, let's see. I'm seeing uh, Pentagon releases UFO. Elon Musk reveals if aliens are responsible for recent UFOs. Elon Musk satellites. Mm. And I think I have it on the Trello. You do? Let's see. I could see myself putting that on the Trello. Hmm. I'll see it here. I have the black triangles. Watch the immediate. Uh... Hmm. Let me see something. Do you have TikTok on your thing? No, unfortunately, I do not. Because I saw it on TikTok. Let me see. I can't believe I didn't put that in the Trello. Elon Musk reveals truth. Okay, I think I might have found something here. Let's see. Oh, is no. that me? Yeah, that's you. Uh, no, I don't see anything here about a clear picture. What the hell is playing over here? Uh oh. <laughs> Some commercial is running. So you don't see Elon. Oh, oh wait. Um, let's see. Maybe this one. Here with a quick update. But before I get into everything, please remember to like, comment, subscribe, turn on. What search engine do you use? Google? I use uh, a few. Oh, Google, okay. DuckDuckGo. Why? Because I found that on Google right away. So it says, Elon, what is it? Elon Musk reveals what? Elon Musk just released the clearest image of the object. Just uh, released the clearest image of the object. Object. Huh. Let's see. The controversy surrounding the UFO shot down over Alaska has now taken an interesting turn. As Tesla CEO Elon Musk recently released a clear image of the unidentified flying object that the U.S. government had kept a secret. The tech guru's action has now helped raise further scrutiny among many on the purpose and mission of these unidentified flying hmm. objects. Look at that. What kind of object was shot down? Was the object from aliens? What is the U.S. military hiding? Why did Elon Musk release these images? In the past week, a United States fighter jet shot down a mysterious object about the size of a car that was detected about 40,000 feet over Alaska. The object, mm. which the White House described as a high-altitude object, at first sighting was hard to describe as the pilot which shot it down tried to get enough information from it. 
a night before it was finally shot down by the order of the President of the United States, Joe Biden. According to John Kirby, a spokesman for the White House National Security Council, the UFO was shot down because there were concerns that it posed a risk to civilian aircraft at the altitude it was moving. Besides, according to Kirby, the object wasn't an airplane and did not appear to be self-maneuvering, and as such was at the mercy of the prevailing winds, which makes it unpredictable. As such, the president wasn't willing to take any risks. Hence, they said it was the spy balloons during Donald Trump's administration and two during Joe Biden's administration. However, unlike this UFO that was shot down in Alaska, the Chinese government acknowledged that the aircraft Come on, get to Elon Musk. a civilian <laughs> machine. They denied that it was a surveillance milking this. as they claimed that it was. Is this, is this the, the report? I mean, it's uh, 13 minutes long. See what other reports they have. All right, let's see. What's that one on the top? Elon Musk just released. That's the one we just watched. Okay. Let me see if I see any shorts. Let's see. Uh, under four minutes. Let's see. CEO and ever controversial billionaire There's Elon the Musk image. has now released the clearest image of the object to the public. And this came out an hour after another unidentified flying object was shot down over Lake Huron, Michigan. The object, which was flying at an altitude of 20,000 feet in the U.S. airspace, had raised security as well as civil aviation concerns, as it flew in proximity to sensitive DoD sites. Prior to the shooting down of this UFO by the AIM-9X missile fired from an F-16 fighter jet, the Federal Aviation Administration temporarily restricted airspace above Lake Michigan as it was declared a national defense airspace. CEO and ever controversial bill. That's it. That's it right there. And it's saucer shaped. Hmm. Just the way. Mr. Bob Lazar. Let's see if I can get that clear. Folks, it's been a pleasure. Again, we are over the three-hour mark. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing that consistently, it seems like. So it seems like they've been releasing... Or something. All right, so, uh, let's see. Uh, Elon Musk, about, you know, keep going down, latest... Right there, latest photos about Elon Musk aliens, aliens. Where? You just keep going up now, you passed it. Oh, yeah? Latest news and videos, photos about Elon Musk aliens. Hmm. Mm. Did you hit the image portion of that Google thing? Yes, I do. I can do it again. It changes it automatically to the UFO, but let's see. Hmm. That's interesting. The Undead Guacho? No. What is that, though? I have no idea. The Undead Guacho. The Undead Guacho Audible Books? Uh, a weekly podcast. Uh, oh. Oh, interesting. It's a podcast. Mm. Interesting. 
But yeah, I mean, uh, I maybe, saw maybe it was on Twitter. Uh, oh, that could be. Let's see. The 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 report I saw had um Elon Musk discussing what he saw. Mm. Again, um, not sure, but I guess we'll have to. We're gonna have to it. dive dive yeah. into this further, and maybe devote an hour to this. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna this have to report. Find this, and uh, because I get this a lot, hmm. you know, a lot of people say, you know, I love the political, your political takes than we think. Because remember, we we still have this guy that's been saying all you have to do all american mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears open up their eyes and they can see it there's no mystery there's nothing to do with espionage so they've been working on that uh ideological subversion russia has for a while and let me tell you out of these four hours that we've uh, been on this podcast the best thing that I've taken from it, you said something very, very interesting, which is if Xi Jinping brings peace to this conflict in the Ukraine, how is the world going to view? And I don't think it's... uh out of the the realm of possibility. This is an interesting thing because it comes at a time where I've heard reports that Ukraine is running out of artillery. Right. They have no more. Right. And they're asking again, this guy is like bottomless pit. He wants more and more and more. He, you give him an arm, he wants another arm and I mean, dude, how long are we going to fund your right, your war? Right. I know you're defending. To, to to what expense and to what extent? I mean, how long is this going to, you're going to be, he continuously is, I mean, without it, could he had, could he had, uh, I don't know, definitely not. So... But what an idea. China brings peace. Now the world is like US uh GDP. So we have about twenty three trillion is our GDP. Uh let's see. Uh let's see our US debt. This is a perpetual debt. This this can never be paid off. So the national debt is thirty one trillion. Holy smokes! And what's the what's the GDP here? Let's see. I feel like Damon Wayne's mo money, mo money, mo <laughs> money. The defense war budget seven hundred eighty million dollars. Uh, let's see. 
Does it tell the, the GDP here? And you know what I'm thinking about now? Right here. Yeah, so $26 trillion is our GDP, and our debt is $31 trillion. Huh. So you know what I'm thinking right now? Hmm. And this is, this is a bold statement I'm about to make, but by China creating peace mm-hmm. between Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. it's like the, remember what I was telling you about, that proverbial fly mm-hmm. that's always flying around and getting into the soup. Looking for that proverbial soup, right? Could Xi Jinping be that fly, right? That lands into the American soup. Now, what do I mean by that? World War II, right, was the solution to the Great Depression. Americans deal with with recession depression and economic woes we resolve it through war well it's not we're not the only nation but yes most nations resolve well that. I, i'm going by i live in the united states uh-huh. so this is the way the united states have dealt with they did it world war Two. Mm-hmm. they did it vietnam mm-hmm it brings jobs. It brings econ. It, it bolsters the economy. Right. So Xi Jinping says, "I'm going to screw with your plan, and I'm going to bring peace to the Ukraine." Now, what are we going to do? Now, what are the Americans going to do? Yeah, I mean, that's now the there's thing. peace. Now it's a two punch. Now Xi Jinping thwarts the American. A uh, uh, solution to our economic woes, mm-hmm. no war, and I mean, if they if they go bring peace talks, then we have no reason to be sending Ukraine any money, right? Or entering uh, the proverbial WW three, right? You know, and now not only does it's thwarts the American plan to fix our economy, but now it also starts the world looking at, hmm, we were thinking the United States was going to, was the solution. Mm -hmm. And look where the solution came from. Right. From China. And being that China already owns about almost everything worldwide, they could easily just swoop in and and now they're going to be like the, the global leader. And that's right. That's their whole thing. That's their whole thing. They want to be served here on our website. Yes, but it is. He definitely talks about um, how this is how we're going undergoing a changing world order. He uses the past as an example of, to predict the future. And uh, it's a very, very good uh, animated uh, short that. Uh, explains exactly what we're going through. And um, unfortunately, the truth of the matter is 
we have an economic uh, situation with China, and China looks like it might be the top uh, uh, the reserve top dog, the reserve currency. I mean, it happens. And uh, according to Ray Dalio and this uh, animated uh, animation, you know, changing world orders happen, and looks like we the conspiracies are true, folks. We are going into a new world order, a post-American world order. And again, AJ is right once again. Yeah. I want to give another shout out to Adelso Collado, another Bobolongo who's watching. Yes. So now, with that all said, we're getting ready for our OM, our final segment, the OM. Turn off the light, take a deep breath, and relax. with ohms this is not a cultural religion it's just ohms okay we're gonna relax so we're gonna we do this at the end of every show to cleanse our mind of negative information negative thoughts negative entities and negative energy and we own to bring out prosperity good energy good vibrations and I always tend to burn something at the end. Last podcast, I burned Sage and Palo Santo. Today, we're burning Nakshampa incense. And with that said, let's get ready for our ultimate own. Take a deep breath. folks for tuning in we're on every tuesday we're gonna try to get on at 6 p.m 6 to 30 p.m every tuesday that's right pablo's schedule has uh changed yes so. so now we're gonna go on earlier um i hope you guys enjoyed our cast and remember as much as scary as the information that we present we're just trying to make sense of this paranormal world we're living in changes are coming swift and fast it's a lot to process but let's bring in good vibrations and (laughs) 
you don't want to die. They will help you kill yourself, even if you don't want to die. People who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security Money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. And by the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hardworking people. White collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hardworking people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. 